Hello, welcome to Bullet Points. It's been it's been one week since it. Uh, it's been many weeks since we last recorded a proper Bullet Points podcast. We've been too busy cranking out, uh, out, not off, uh, cranking out the best articles you can read on the internet. That's just a fact. We have introduced a new quality assurance program at the Bullet Points factory, and the commas are all in the right place this year. Um, we got our M dashes working nine to five. It's hard for them to make a living. In short, when I went to uh, check when the last time we did an episode is, I think there were two between the best, <laughs> the best of 2020 and, uh, and this one. Um, not to say we haven't done other podcasts around the superculture world, but anyway, everyone loves a podcast that starts off like a blog spot post. It's like, it's been a while <laughs> since my last post, but I'm getting back to it. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I'm Reed McCarter. I am joined by fellow bullet points, God Emperor Yusuf Cole. Yusuf. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm, I am happy to be with you recording a podcast and, and putting down the, the final word on games in the year of our Lord 2021. Yeah, well, the good thing is that after this comes out, no one else has to do it, right? Like we Yeah, will... we're saving everybody some time. Yeah, so it's sort of, yeah, it's just efficient. It's going to be good for everyone. They can all sort of go back to their families early this year. And... It's, why we, it's why we don't record podcasts, because every time we do, like people have to wait at least like a month to like do their own version, so. Yeah, you exactly. Know. Uh, we are joined, as is Bullet Point's year-end tradition, going on well i think it goes even beyond like five years at this point i think it it stretches pre-bullet points as well you know him you love him (laughs) it's kotaku senior reporter ethan gatch hello uh video game santa claus himself ho 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 how you doing ethan i'm doing great got my got my elves are all the kids going to get 7.0s this year? Oh, yeah. We might even bump it to a <laughs> to a 7.25. Just, you know, a little, uh, throw in a little spice. Yeah, if their graphics have been good this year, then maybe they get a little bump. <laughs> yeah, no, no, um, no deleted saves, so got to give them that much. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Ethan's been like, you've been doing some like some real work this year, huh? I guess. I don't know. It's like you put out the work and you feel good about it for like a day or two, um, maybe the week. And then it just feels like the next week, like, fuck, what's my next thing? (laughs) What's my like, you got to like keep pumping it out or it's just like, all right, well, that was, you know, he he did a good thing. That was all right. That was cool. (laughs) It's just like always uh, the Internet just moves at like a pace where I don't know. I just never and I never remember half of what I do. So I just I feel like I'm like, wait, so I like wrote three articles this this year. Is that it? Um. Yeah, you'd always think that that kind of like that feeling would go away a little bit if you're working as staff and not as freelance. The freelance thing is like, yeah, if you haven't published something in the last three hours, you don't exist. Um, but yeah, you've been doing like important work this year too. That's not like jokers <laughs> like Yusuf and I just 
well, I think that Master Chief <laughs> is bad. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that's what bullet points. Uh, damn it, I gotta change my, my article lead. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Reed. Yeah, I know. You wrote Master Chief is good, <laughs> but had you considered that yeah. actually he's bad? Back to the drawing board. No, this is just my way of saying that, yeah, Ethan's written some great, uh, done some great, like, reporting this year at Kotaku that you should check out. Agreed, yeah. No, I think, I mean, I'm, I've, I feel like everybody's in the same boat. Uh, writing online is just like no matter what you do, the, yeah. It, it, it disappears very quickly. But it's also, yeah. it uh, encouraged us to continue writing because then we are like standing on quicksand and we have to keep uh, struggling to stay above the surface. And it's great. And that's why being a writer online is God, the best. It's so yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like surfing waves. And when the you, you go like mm-hmm. more than a couple days without surfing one and you're like, what, what am I doing? This is a disaster. I just need to like stop everything. <laughs> Go into the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Set my mattress on fire. Uh, well, you know, that that sounds stressful, but you know it's not stressful. Playing great video games. <laughs> it's fun. Everyone likes it. And so we are here at the end of the year, back half of December 2021, to look back at all these months of fun that we've been having. I know everyone's been having so much fun this year, and so as always, we want to look back and we want to sort of uh, assess the year in fun. So, as per usual, actually, that's not even true because we do the right before we started. Ethan was like, "Are you still going to do the least favorite games thing?" I think it's important. I think it's important to balance, <laughs> you know, uh, balance your positivity with a little haterism here and there. Am I- so we're in my experience, be- the, it quickly devolves into actually most of the games were shit. <laughs> Let's talk about, <laughs> about the ones that that disappointed us the least. That is very true. <laughs> I think I had a, a lot fewer uh, options on my favorite games than my least favorite games this year. Yeah, um, I'm worried you might have a little bit of overlap, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So we'll go through that. Should we start with the the good or the bad or should we maybe like mix them up each time let's mix it up let's mix and match let's randomize well why don't we start off positive so that if someone's like so people won't immediately (laughs) close the podcast and unsubscribe from bullet points i want someone to feel (laughs) validated for liking something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because that's what yeah the the future of online journalism is being parasocial that's right so and this is me having a personality. <laughs> your this friend, is- your personal friend. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and I, and I miss you. And give me a call sometimes. <laughs> it's my personal number. Um, and we start with Ethan because you're the guest. Uh, no, we can't just go right to your favorite game though. That's a little too like. Hmm. Come on, what? This is yeah, are no, we not. Yeah, let's just do it. Like, let's just do it. Are we not? Uh, you know, rule breakers over here. And we're Mavericks. Ethan. We're Mavericks. What's your favorite game of 2021? Uh, who? Uh, I'm going to have to say, and I always, I always psych myself out and I feel like I need, you know, my choice always needs to be like somewhat provocative, but I feel like this is just a pretty widely like 
pretty widely praised middle brow interesting game but it's going to be inscription the uh the, mm. the, the horror card game um people call it deck building but you really, you're not really building decks it's not i don't know it's more just a card game um but so inscription being um it's it's funny i I'd, I'd forgotten most of the one of the people at Kotaku kind of described it as like creepypasta for like card games. Um, but I think I, I love card games. The the kind of fundamentals of the card game aspect of it are very strong and interesting. Um, and I think on par with things like Slay the Spire. But then also there's this really interesting like um, like meta analysis of the card game format and of uh, other stuff that's used to kind of tell this, this occult story about you facing off about against this, this dealer and, you know, things that you sort of uncover about how you've come to be in this position and be in this room with the shadowy figure acts of random violence being committed. Um, I don't know how much I want to, you wanted me to go into like what the game all is, but like, it just blew me well, all right, that's a severe overstatement <laughs> to say it blew me away. Uh, we're, we're it, getting, we have the pull quotes ready. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, unlike, it, it surprised me and kind of gripped me in ways that most games usually don't. And so as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, okay, this is like, you know, living up to the hype in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. And then one of those games where like, three hours past midnight i'm like oh i should really go to bed but i could also keep playing which is like a thing that's very rare for me nowadays and for that Mm -hmm. for a game to capture that in a way that's like not destiny or dota or never another sort of like game where i feel empty at the end of that but one in which like i actually feel sort of invigorated or like you know aesthetically aroused by like the weird tension in the 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 mood and and the scene and like it's it's very basic in a lot of ways and i'm extremely squeamish when it comes to horror so it doesn't i think it it kind of like doesn't go too overboard where i would like just be like ah this is i don't want to actually deal with like a computer game trying to like constantly freak me out um so yeah it it was i think it was it's like the only game that i played this year that within a couple hours I was like, oh yeah, this is like really special. Um, you know, Loop Hero, Death Store, a lot of other games in that sort of indie, grimish, um, sort of horror-ish vein, um, I thought were good and nice, but like didn't necessarily do something that felt like it had a hook. Um, like they're um, like something I hadn't really seen before, or at least not in that way. Whereas the other ones were like, oh, these these are really good like repackagings of like things I'm pretty familiar with. Yeah, I, I was so skeptical of Inscription just because um, too many people like I don't no because <laughs> Reed is a hipster. Yes, yeah, gone. <laughs> Jesus, was it 2008? Um, uh, just because, like, A, I don't like card games. So that mm. that was a big one. Uh, not, but not I think the bigger... this game. That's right. True. What if the... I can't punch the guy the directly cards. in the face. I have to use a card to do it. Lame. I am... Thanks. I am a simple... A simple <laughs> gamer. 
<laughs> I like I like putting the target over something and making it go away in the game. <laughs> um, no, I, I like I don't like card games that much, but also, you know, I am not like genre is not the end all be all. But like, yeah, that was the first thing. I was just like, you know, I haven't enjoyed card games that much um, because to me, it's almost like you know, it's it's pure design with the numbers up front it's like little math problems almost and you know i <laughs> i did my time in math and i managed to graduate high school and the less said about my math grade at the end the better <laughs> um but also because like i played a bit of pony island and i was super unimpressed with that uh which is uh what's his daniel mullins name yeah and uh, I've sort of like, I really don't like the kind of like the clever game, like the fourth wall breaking kind of like to me that, that sort of game was exhausted of potential. Like I, I like super hot generally, but I think when that game ended, I was so disappointed that it was trying to do the kind of, you know, you did this and then now like think about what you've done and it's just like, come on, you know, grow up. Like you told me to do it. You're a game. It's, not as clever you know the bioshock twist which you know goes back to like metal gear solid in 1998 or whatever so i was kind of all of that stuff didn't appeal to me and then i started playing it because i was just i was curious because enough people whose opinions i respect were like yes yeah, it's really good and it's like you said ethan it was like it doesn't happen to me that often i think it probably stops happening as often to people who play a lot of stuff and especially when you're kind of playing stuff and with an eye on the clock um but i like i just wanted to keep playing that thing until it was done pretty much like i had a hard time stopping and to its credit i don't think the game is too long and i also think to its credit it is sort of like like i wrote a little blurb about it for av club's uh best 2021 games and the kind of comparison that occurred to me was like an M night Shyamalan movie, you know, without the kind of horrible <laughs> stereotypes about whatever, you know, M night fixes his auteur gaze on, but it's just like, it's, it's corny in a way that's really fun. And it, it doesn't seem like, like it has a lot of like, Oh, here's a surprise. Like, isn't this clever? But it's like, so kind of goofy about all of it that it's hard to, think it's too proud of itself it's more just like hey aren't we all having fun here like isn't this a good time like i'm gonna keep i have all these ideas for stuff i want to like surprise you with um yeah i definitely don't think it takes itself as seriously as it could um which kind of i think which is it can, kind of can lead some of these projects to like uh overplay their hand mm, cards <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I agree with that i <clears throat> haven't finished it yet <clears throat> um i like rita i I'm just like i bounce off of card games and and that, as much as i did do enjoy like the game is also i ran into i think one of the bot like i think the second hard boss and i was just like i don't want to keep playing this from the beginning and i just like kind of it was just like a, a bit too much of a of uh, just my brain not like connecting with it like in a mechanical way uh 
the but the but I'm loving all the details. So I definitely will go back to it at some point. Um, I, I do think that's like just a general issue that some of these games get into where loop hero is very similar um i think darkest Mm -hmm. dungeon which didn't have necessarily a strong like a narrative track was also just had this issue of like eventually you get caught in this loop and if you're not Mm -hmm. able to get out of it because of your because you don't quite understand the the subtleties of the mechanics well enough or Mm -hmm. some bad luck or you just need to grind more it just kind of like the whole thing grinds to a halt and it just becomes extremely unpleasant. Um, and I do think like games, even like games like inscription would benefit from a sort of like deus ex machina type thing where like, all right, you've, you've died to this boss three times. We don't, it doesn't mm-hmm. actually matter whether you beat the boss. Like that's not really the interesting thing here. Um, like it's mm-hmm. cool if you do beat the boss and that for, for people who are into the card stuff like that, that's a fun thing to be able to like do, but I, you know, let's just, keep moving ahead and not like let you get stuck in this loop which which like yeah. and i mean we could talk probably <laughs> we'll probably talk about death loop later but like i think there's a sense that some games have where like it's like uh like some sort of noble thing or like a worthwhile endeavor in itself to be like grinding in that that cycle and it's i just mm. don't think it is yeah it's mm. like you have to it's like there's there's, there's like that expectation that it's like you're, you're here to game you're here to like grind you're here to, to kind of like to to do the thing to get, and then get good when the uh, yeah and then when the game is like celebrated for as inscription is for being like oh like kind of paradigm shifter in how it like opens up the genre i'm here for that <laughs> not for the stuff that i can get in like a hundred other games like in the deck building mm-hmm. elements so like th- those parts i like lose patience really with really quickly yeah, I think like speaking to that too, I got um, in that first part, like there is a degree of kind of randomness when you're going through these loops of it again and uh, you, you know, run into these spaces where you can tweak the cards and kind of play with um, trying to make cards that like behave certain ways. And I made one that was just like, it just wasn't fair to the AI. <laughs> it was just demolishing them. And it wasn't because I was clever or something. It was just like a nice roll of the dice that I, you know, I think it was like the the card that like is kind of like this scratch card that you always get. Um, the slope? At the, no, at the beginning it's uh, the oh, squirrels, yeah. right? And they're like the ones that you kind of just have, you know, a big deck and they don't cost anything. Or no, like yeah, they one, don't cost anything. Whatever to play. But I got one that was like every time they died, they made another one or something and hurt the enemy and like put other cards back in the deck or something. And it was just like a complete farce of, and I loved it. Like it Mm -hmm. it didn't ruin the game for me. Like I was perfectly happy to just have benefited from something that kind of like broke the strategy of it a little bit. Um, Yeah. Which I kind of, I think speaks to that. Like, cause I wasn't there for, you know, I wasn't like, unengaged or disengaged with the the card game itself i wanted to like give it a good shot but also i didn't really care when it broke and became like really trivial yeah i mean i don't think like to be fair like i mean i haven't played that many card games but it's definitely like feels pretty generous uh mechanically like it doesn't feel like it's like 
time to learn how to play the you know time to learn how to play this like how how time to learn the intricacies of um a strat like you know and strategies to like accomplish your your goal it's just like i'm just really really bad at card games <laughs> like that's it's just yeah. like i was just like uh yeah i just felt that that block but it, but i i definitely recognize like a lot of areas where they're like you know use all these tools to like get to move forward like you know all the bonuses you can you can add to the deck and like um the things on the table and stuff like that which i appreciated so yeah yeah also i think the just like the presentation of that game is is good it's um and i think if we do want to talk at length about different things that are like spoily or whatever that's fine i don't know if we like need to necessarily also i feel bad then yusuf if you are going to go back to it then it is kind of fun to like i also don't think that like i mean i'm sure some people a lot of people would disagree i don't think where the narrative goes is so like super interesting so much as it's just interesting no, the ways in either. which it goes there um yeah because like yeah, i, I compare it's like and that's a similar to a bioshock thing where like i don't you know like the would you kindly bullshit it's like at the end of the day it's like whatever but you know the the ways you get pulled back and forth like from the the through line of a game like the ways in which it's incentivizing you to to go in certain directions. Um, I think that stuff is really interesting. And so that's, you know, the part that, that got me. Um. Yeah. Yeah, like I was going to say, like just the, the UI and kind of the, you know, I don't think it's much of anything to say you can get up from the game board when you're playing this thing at times and, kind of like old adventure game style uh, look around a three-dimensional room. And as the game kind of changes styles as it goes along, it it does some... Like, I, I just think the atmosphere of this game is good, and I think the... It's like as simple as it feels good to click on things in this mm-hmm. game. Like, they make good sounds, you know? Um, like... Just the sounds of the cards moving yeah, around. Yeah, no, everything's and, very tactile. You know, some of the items you use. And, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and also I think it's, if that game was like twice the length, I think oh, it would God, yeah. be a bummer. Well, that's what uh, I, apparently it's just like, is happening when they're, they're releasing some kind of roguelike version of it, I heard. Well, that's fine. But that's like, that's like gotta be for people who are just like, I just want to play cards. Sure. I just like playing the cards in this game. Um, but yeah, no, I think like it's, it feels kind of brisk. Like once it gets moving, it doesn't stay on anything for too long. And it does give it that kind of, did he, yeah, that like glossy thriller did he, kind of feel. Did either of you play voice of cards? This was no. the, the Square Enix no. released, uh, like JRPG light that was directed loosely, I think by, um, uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name. For the oh, is it uh, yeah. Yoko Taro? Um, and it's it's basically a JRPG, but translated into cards, so that like, um, like it 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 looks like a card game, but there's no actual real card mechanics in it. It's just that everything is represented through cards. The the map is represented through cards. Characters are represented through cards. Battles play out by like cards being played and stuff. Um, and it does have a it does have a nice presentation. Um, 
there's not really anything much behind it, I don't think. But playing Inscription, I was very much like, ooh, mm. man, this is like, this is good. Like, if if they could just, if, <laughs> it just makes you realize, like, oh, man, this is, this is like a real, there's just like so many other levels operating here. But in a similar vein of like, it's, it, the, the presentation is extremely, um, it's, it's, uh, very gratifying on like a kinetic level where some games um, would be cerebral to the point, I think of, of even losing more people than the card aspect would. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing about, (laughs) about cards. Like, I don't know. I just remember like being a kid and like, if the adults had cards around, like my grandparents would be like playing bridge and like pick up the cards and just be like, cards just feel good. It feels good to hold them. And when you like replicate that in a game, like that's not nothing, right? Like that's inscriptions I mean, goes off into nothing. another. <laughs> it's, it isn't uh, good card feel. But yeah, I mean, visceral. This could turn into a big tangent about like Nintendo games being like ninety percent how nice they make it feel to like. Is that, are you revealing that Bowser's Fury is your game of the year? <laughs> I love great segue. Great segue. <laughs> to read's game of the year browser's fury uh we did talk about that we did this yusuf and i went on uh the end of year bad end episode yesterday and bowser's fury came up as uh the game i think that i i was embarrassed most to be playing uh (laughs) near other people because of the noises that mario (laughs) made when he turned into a cat (laughs) were upsetting and what were those noises (laughs) Um, you can look it up online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can fall for it again. No. Um, so why don't, should we stick on the, I think we, I, the positivity I, I'm train here? And and one of you wants to put up your least least favorite. Yeah, I, can, I can I can introduce I can introduce the least favorite. Bring it All bring right, it down into the nadir of podcast podcast. That's right. Podcast mood. We <laughs> Tune in here for the Nadir of podcasts. <laughs> You've seen the highs. We, you know, I thought that was to witness the lows. I thought that was like the fourth episode of our Final Fantasy Thirteen <laughs> oh podcast. Yeah, we went to some dark places. Um, yeah, so probably Reed and I will have. I'm wondering if we'll have some overlap, but there are two games that are definitely like I think competing for worst. Of and of the games I played, which admittedly are not very many, because this is not my main job, so I don't play a lot of games. Um, and this year, especially, just like have been. What are you talking about? We make like four hundred and thirty bucks a month on Patreon. <laughs> it's not enough for you. Sorry, it's not diamonds <laughs> and fur coats. It, 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 I love living li- living on symbolic money that I don't see. It is my main job, and it's still super hard to play a ton of games. Because play, playing yeah. games no, does, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. does not pay the bills, <laughs> even when it's your mm-hmm. job. No, it sure it, it sure it sure does not. In fact, yeah. it costs money. Um, and uh, but both games we had to write about for bullet points. Um, but I'll pick one, which was Far Cry Six. Classic. <laughs> um, Classic. Uh, uh, <laughs> you didn't like it. <laughs> Yeah, I changed my mind to my article about it, that. That's just Far Cry Six is the best game ever. I changed my I changed yeah. my tune since then. No, um, 
it's uh just real bad real bad and and bad in multiple ways like bad because it doesn't it, it is like just the laziest way they could have gone about it in terms of not challenging their formula not um not trying to or really just like kind of being <clears throat> settled and content in their rut mechanically mm-hmm. and as a game and also uh politically like it's a game that f- wants to borrow the cachet of real world history as far cry tends to but kind of feels like the probably the one of the worst i'm trying I, i'm trying not to like say the worst because i'm trying to remember like every other far cry game because <laughs> uh, there are a lot of real bad um examples but i think this case is really like insulting because of the way it is just so, yeah. it's just like it's cuba but it's not cuba like it, you know with with america like that was at least interesting because there was america like it wasn't like a like a, a, a you know global south country like it like there was like some at least trying to do something different and then like the himalayan one was like just hard to pin down like you know a little bit too hard to pin down in like uh specific politics but this one just feels like they just wanted to do cuba like as told by the cia <laughs> or like it's just like just like a really like b- like bankrupt yeah. bankrupt project that didn't that that had a pretty like conservative approach that also was not an approach because it didn't wasn't actually saying anything in, in, at the end of the day, and like in aggressively not saying anything in a really uninteresting and boring way, and like wasting all their resources and wasting like, you know, a great actor and wasting um, <laughs> uh, just millions of dollars <laughs> on just like yeah a totem of of pointless um, uh, game production. So, uh, I I surprisingly do not disagree with you on this one and actually i had two kind of tied for my least favorite and the spoiler is that this was the one i was leaning toward um so it's fine i'll go with the other one but i think when you said like is this the worst far cry and that that you know does make you think (laughs) um but i think like when you look back at it two was two was the one that kind of, you know, started this idea of we're getting into the muck here kind of, and it's, it's not the fantasy, whatever with mutants that the first far cry was. Um, and I think a lot of things about that haven't aged super well, but also it was vague, right? It was trying to be sort of broadly critical of, of, uh, like post-colonial intervention, you know, these dispossessed mercenaries fighting, uh in like a nameless part of africa that is like war torn and is just being abused by imperial power and like you're not part of the imperial power really and blah 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 and then three is like nameless southeast asian island right like Mm -hmm. i think it kind of also avoided specifics well enough to just be kind of criticizing essentially like rich westerners um and so that you know that game also has fucking ton of problems and it's stupid as hell but like avoided some of that and then far cry 4 i think probably because they like were trying to avoid (laughs) pissing off like being too pointed about china Mm -hmm. like it it was kind of about nepal kind of right but it was so 
was so also like they, you know, they, they, it's, it's fascinating too, to watch how good they get at being just sort of like slippery little snakes with all this shit, like how good they are at avoiding saying anything. And then five, you know, it kind of came home to roost a little bit with the America stuff. But this one is very, like, also, who gives a fuck? I don't know. It's America. No one's losing sleep over if you're criticizing it improperly. Like, it's a broad target. It's the side of a barn. Um, But, yeah, this one is very, like what you said, it does feel very, like, CIA. (laughs) Like, it, it really feels... Because I think no matter how you look at it, and it does do the now kind of classic Far Cry Ubisoftish thing where it kind of makes concessions to an imagined left and right wing audience playing it and tries to kind of appeal to like it, uh, sort of different arguments that it can think up and then try to refute them by like embracing and pushing away like every argument that you could make about it. But then at the end of the day, it's kind of saying, like, you know, this broad Latin American revolution is natural and good and also suspicious in a way that's, like, just so fucking cynical. Just so, you know, and I think really, like, leaves with the impression of being, like, oh, yeah, no, a country like fake Cuba is just, like, it sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like, here's the thing. It's just the people there are just violence and sad and that's too bad for them of, um, of their own making <laughs> yeah and it's in just their blood yeah exactly it's like deeply i don't know it's it's extremely fucked i did like the one part i talked about in the bullet points article a little bit i do like that they kind of uh criticized the canadian corporation <laughs> guy and it which I think is good in like a Canadian studio being like, and eh, no one's going to care if we shit on ourselves. <laughs> like, but then they undermine it through so many things in the game. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it felt like it felt for, weirdly specific. Like there, like there was like some st- narrative designer that was just like, had a bone to pick with like Canadian, like big oil. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think most, no, I shouldn't say most because it's not true because we are in the situation we're in. But a lot of Canadians have a bone to pick with big oil. And that's like, mm-hmm. you know, that goes across the aisles politically as well. With uh, well, But what about the, the, what about the, the roughnecks? There's oh, a... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the Al- Albertans playing this were like, oh, okay. at, they got free pipelines. Yeah, come, on. come on, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I well, I, I think it, it's it, sorry, Ethan. You, the like opening movie of the game, gives everything away when they're like, um, you know, this dictator is in power trying to make uh, not Cuba great again by uh, pumping out this cure for cancer that will make the world respect and uh, this country and bring in riches to it. Um, but also we can only make it by um, uh, like, you know, <laughs> using slave labor and it's like super poisonous slave labor. Um, and we have to like poison crops to make it like the whole thing is just so absurd. It's like it's like the parody that mm-hmm. you would make of like like an onion headline for a Ubisoft political allegory where it's just like <laughs> this is what we had to do in order yeah. to like 
try and not, you know, try and scramble everything so much that you would not be able to actually like tie this to anything in the real world. Even though, yeah, the game is obviously about Cuba. They visited Cuba for the making of the game. To my knowledge, they have spoken to at least one CIA asset about, about Cuba in the, on the research team. And, <laughs> um, I'm right. sure that person uh, is And it's just, there's a weird, I mean, you get this sort of, uh, I forget what book I was reading back during like the peak of the Trump stuff. There were all of these, um, like national, national security types, um, international relations and geopolitical, academics and other people who were able to like get their articles and books published all about like the rise of fascism and like cyclical revolutions and like kind of really trying to depoliticize like autocracy and just be like, you know, these, these are the signs of a dictatorship mm. and not, and try and kind of like trying to get yeah, away yeah, from yeah. like actual political disagreements um, between regimes and just be like, all dictators are dictators, um, which is kind of which is what this game I think sort of does to sort of get around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the narrative director, um, I believe he is Persian. His family, um, you know, had to deal with the revolution in Iran, and so there's like, I think there's also this sort of mapping of different revolutionary circumstances, like being poured into this cauldron. Um, Javier Bardem mm. was talking, I think, recently. I was listening. He was talking on NPR about um, playing, uh, co-starring in the new like Lucy Lucille Ball um, biopic. And he plays uh, Ricky Ricardo, whose uh, actual non-stage name I'm forgetting. Um, but basically being like, you know, we come from completely opposite political spectrums. Like he was extremely pro-Nixon and against the revolution in Cuba you know, my family came out of communist Spain and like was just kind of drawing these interesting contrasts um, that like this game is literally mm. all about trying to melt away because they don't want to actually like make you pick a side or be concerned with like, I don't know, it's it, it just kind of always degrades into this sort of Tarantino like Joker villain um, stuff. And just like even I think the I think maybe for three and to a lesser degree four sort of were like, Oh, this isn't actually about any of that stuff. So it's kind of, I don't know. There were some, I think interesting third act character developments that I feel like modern far cry games just don't have because they're so, um, just like crushed under the weight of all the open world junk that I think this game on the surface Mm -hmm. seems to do really well. But um, you like scratch it for a bit, and unless you decide that you just really want to turn your brain off and jump out of helicopters and continually blow up stuff, um, there's just so many other games that do that sort of open world, clear the map better. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I I go back and forth because yeah. I feel bad. Yeah. On the one hand, there's just clearly a lot of individual developer talent and polish that goes into a giant game like this. And I think it looks, for instance, much better than Far Cry 5, not just because it's the new one, but just because the color palettes and the scenery and the architecture and everything they can play with is just much more visually engaging. Um, 
but yeah, it's, you just kind of get through it and you're like, this is, there's, there's, this is just, um, it just reminds me of, I don't know if either of you played, um, Jungle Strike on like the Sega Genesis or the Super Nintendo where you're just like, you're a helicopter and you just fly around blowing shit up in like a jungle for Jungle <laughs> Strike or a desert for Desert Strike <clears throat> or a city for Urban Strike. I think I played like a, yeah, it, I think, it, I think that's like where it topped off in the PlayStation era. One. Um, and that, that's kind of like how the game feels to me now where it's just like they've so empowered you to actually like just control the map and be able to air jump through it. I don't know. It just kind of like on the one hand, they're trying to make it interesting to go and take out a base. But on the other hand, they've tried to give you so many tools to reduce so much friction that it kind of feels like you're just gliding on air so much of the time. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like not as, uh, the scale doesn't me- like measure up to games like Just Just Cause, which is like another thing I kept I kept thinking of uh, because of the fact that you just just because you need to get from point A to point B, the helicopter or the plane is the way to do it, um, or wingsuiting, uh, and then you know you have Just Cause, uh, which kind of cuts away all tension and friction from that interaction, where it's just like be the you know. 80s action hero and and kind of um mechanically like embody that uh and far cry is like most or far cry 6 is mostly doing that like it it intersperses it with narrative and and um definitely a lot more advanced narrative than something in a just cause game but uh it's also like doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like it it's significantly doing something that just cause didn't do already in, in a more fun way. And like, it's not, and it's also not leaning away from that. It's not leaning toward like, even like a far cry, early far cry game, like two or even three, where it's like a, the act of trying to drive a Jeep through checkpoints, <laughs> like the act of trying to cross the geography, like, which is the, what makes those games, those games. Like it, it's about nav, like it's about navigating an unfriendly terrain terrain as like a, third-party foreign national um and then and, and, and i think it was the case with five i didn't really play five but i heard it sounded like five was very similar where it was like a, also like making it really easy to get around um uh, mm. there's this like you know a strange tension where there's still checkpoints but you just blow through them in like one second or if there's if you're in a helicopter you just have to like go kill the the uh, the missile sites um and it yeah, it feel it definitely feels like they're trying to push more in the direction of a just cause, where there's like zero tension and there's more about like kind of the enjoying the enjoying the the cartoonish action of it. But it's also just like doesn't it just feels like a half step in that direction versus like an an honest like an honest uh, attempt to just do that. Like it's just like it's grafting the the free movement like the free movement approach onto all the many bones and cartilage of Far Cry, you know, going back to the second game. Yeah. It's just, it's just like sort of blobby. Like it doesn't, I don't know. It it just doesn't feel like much of anything. Um, Yeah. When I think of the stuff of just kind of the lizard brain, like, you know, cleaning up a map stuff that, does do an okay job of like 
I don't know. I just think there are other games that do that better also. Yeah, I don't know. There's just bugs and stuff too where it's just like <clears throat> half the time like the, the checkpoint things don't trigger. It's not like there, I, there's actually there the, to the degree the friction does exist. It like gets in the way, I think, mm. of that being a satisfying one to one. And so eventually it's like oh, I could be doing the same work in a different game and it would it would actually be registering 99.9% of the time. Yeah, something something about just like shooting at a billboard for like five minutes and emptying a clip just so that you can get the little cutscene is just so annoying and stupid. And then it like yeah, explodes. And it explodes think, it? If you shoot and it slow enough. motions. It's just so weird that you go to a checkpoint and it's like you're like, like you ignore all the soldiers. <laughs> you just run up to the billboard and just empty your like clip into it. It's like you or, just look like just... a maniac. There, so this game has like supers. I forget it was Supremos or whatever. Oh, they call of course, them. how could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, this, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and it's like uh, so. The, I think the base one is just like rockets, and it charges up over time. And you can basically use that to blow up in one shot anything you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was I was also just like constantly using that, and I was just like, this is like you're sending helicopters after me, and then I use these missiles, and it like I don't know. There's there's just never a tense moment. If I ever died, it just felt be- because I was like, oh, I, I just, I, I should have just not left cover and I could have killed everything. Um, but yeah, it just, the game is, um, I don't know. It, I wrote about this when it, I guess it was shortly after it came out. But just like, this fucking formula is worn so thin in all of the ways. Just like down to, like, down to the, the whole like villain on the box and like we got this... In this case, at least, got a big name actor, even though like he's barely in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably like have, two like, days an of interesting shooting. arc, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, they, uh, it, I'm pretty sure they shot more for the like the ads than they actually did for his this, his segments in the game. Um, it's just and the map clearing, the the weapon stuff. It's there's just nothing because people are like well sometimes you know it's, it's fun just to like have that lizard brain stuff and like it, it's every like few years um which is fine and like you can go out and buy the game um and like there's no reason to talk about that but like for everyone who wants to talk about games it's it's a complete waste of time um and and honestly i think very dispiriting for like like there are moments that developers will be excited about that make it into the game that are cool or interesting, but they're always just sort of like extremely small flourishes in this sort of larger engine that um, is just extremely boring for everyone involved. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like so. I, I I hope they stop doing it. Well, did didn't it sell really well? Didn't I see something? I, it's, about it sold. It? it sold not as well as five. So oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's. It just is one of those things where it's like embarrassing to have any, like to someone be like, oh, you play video games? Did you play Far Cry 6? And like, I don't know. It just, I would have more respect for them, I think, if they just made like, at this point, I just want, I just think they should like go for it and just make a just completely repellent like crypto fascist game you know <laughs> well they're making crypto and just like game so one step forward <laughs> not crypto dash fascist <laughs> crypto slash fascist game yeah. um it, it, there's just there is something so 
I don't know. Well, that's and that's like what there's that one line very early on. I think after you leave the first like tutorial island, um, I don't know if it's Clara or someone else. The, um, I think the leader of the Gaius, uh, um, where she's like, oh, you, uh, something about America and like the immigrant experience and it being shit over there and capitalism. And I'm extremely not doing whatever the three lines are justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's like that. That was <laughs> like that was someone snuck it in there and then it goes and dies and is not actually a part of the game. I think that like the biggest yeah. Like how there's the the most integral thing to this story is that none of it, none of these dictatorships and revolutions happen in a vacuum. And yet the game has to presuppose that because it doesn't want to talk about a colonial, like a post-colonial force or like blockades or the actual forces that would, that would, you know, create this sort of discord on an island nation. <clears throat> well, yeah, and it becomes, I mean, <laughs> Ubisoft seems to have some fucking, well, I guess they've just decided that the entire, you know, every Latin American country is fair game to just sort of like create these horribly insulting kind of like, you know, it, it's, it, it does at times, it feels like, you know, uh, Victorian British writers writing about like, you know, uh, people from Afghanistan and India, just sort of like this, this sort of we're above this and the things that transpire here are, are sort of like, Oh, look at this. This is fascinating. And these people are kind of, they're not like us. And these things are all different. And so it's like the shit they did with like wildlands and, and this, and it's just like, it's so insulting and it's so, you know, it, whatever it is, what it is, it, it fucking sucks. But like, it does give you this like, I, I think this like cultural impression that I think is not helped along by any means by something like this, where it's just like, well, you know, Latin America is just it, it's just bad, just bad things happen, and it has nothing to do with us. Like, you know, <laughs> um, it, don't it's just God, don't like, they can't come figure here. Don't come here. Yeah, just... <laughs> and it's just like... I don't know. Maybe the next, like, Simone Bolivar is going to rise up and fucking ride to Montreal and burn down the <laughs> building or something. Just... That, that'll be the... I don't know. I, I think... I think. Well, I think to their credit, having spoken, like, on the reporter side of things, I think there are always more developers than you think who want to do that type of stuff. And are oh, just completely yeah, course, but... like demolished by, especially at a company like Ubisoft, the marketing department. Um, and mm-hmm. it's like very much the tail wagging the dog in terms of like, here's our pitch for the game. And it's like, oh, awesome, cool. Uh, but what if actually the game, <laughs> the game were this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, sure. No, uh, I... mm-hmm, all right. And then you get this thing. No, I completely understand that. And I know like, you know, I, Ubisoft is... They have. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not trying to carry water for this game. No, no, no. I think that's that's like a fair thing to say, though, because I think it is like you know people do say that pretty often. It's it's a corporate product, though, right? Like it's. I'm sure there are lots of extremely 
like thousands of people made it. Yeah, there's just there's so many people involved with this, and I don't know. Like I, you know, I, <laughs> I live in in Ontario, which you know also borders Quebec. Like there's a lot of people who work at Ubisoft, right? Like they're major employers, um, especially when it comes to the video game industry, and not just Canada, you know, all across the world. And there's a lot of people working on this who I'm sure are like brilliant people who who tried also to say things like this is not good and and also the implications of this are not good but i don't know it it is kind of what it is right like the thing that exists is the thing that exists it's um, a product of its of its production pro- i mean like yeah it's like it, it makes you question whether well, a, a certain like point too like could not make something that's not this yeah like i was gonna say too like you wonder at a certain point too, even if you have like a really great creative director or something like how much power do they have over what this, what it kind of, you know, it's this huge barge, like how well can they actually steer where the thing ends up going when you have so many people involved and so much money? Like, I I think, you know, I don't think it's strange to say, I mean, like, look at, you know, the modern, uh, big budget movie landscape too is corporate art is not it's not a good way to make art that says anything you can make art that looks really flashy and you know and maybe succeeds on some kind of like just basic like give me like my soylent kind of level but it's you're gonna have a hard time having something that actually like is able to have a point of view that's very strong or or it has a point of view but it's a point of view that is like I don't know, so broad and and kind of aimless that it just replicates the culture it was made in. Anyway, seven out of <laughs> yeah. ten. Can't wait to can't wait for Far Cry Seven. Far Cry Seven. Yeah. So Reed, what is um, your game of the year? It's the opposite of Far Cry Six. It's Mon Down. Do you play Mondown? <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Crickets. Yusuf, I know you did. <laughs> yes, I did. I did play Mondown, and I did. Uh, it is definitely one of my favorite games of the year. Um, I'm still only an hour in ish. You said you more. said you got too scared. <laughs> no, I didn't get too. I was I was asking you if I was going to get oh. too scared. Oh, uh, I don't think it's no, like. I, I merely dug the vibe. I mean, it's not. It's. There's like horror games and there's creepy games and it's definitely felt more. The first part's definitely the scariest to me. Um, where like could you do the first night where you have to kind of hide in your house? And the straw guys are like to put the candles in the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah like those candles. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, we did a podcast about this and I was talking about it on the bad end thing a bit as well. But like, it's just one of those games that like kind of puts some gas in the tank every year when you play a bunch of stuff that is really dispiriting just to kind of see something that is very confident in what it's doing. Um, and, and has, you know, a, you know, really takes good advantage of the fact that it's a video game to do what it's doing. Um, and also is like commenting on, you know, has like a, a strong atmosphere. It has a, like a, it's, it's saying things about, on multiple levels about, um, 
you know, Switzerland's history and kind of the 20th century and is also just moment to moment, like a, very enjoyable to like progress through this world and just look at the things happening and, you know, solve these little puzzles and, you know, say what you will about like, I think fighting some of the monsters gets kind of old, but there's also, what's that thing called? Ethan, you might remember this cause you played the beginning more recently. Did you get to the, like the hay cart? Oh, Oh yeah. 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 It's the move. What's the that move thing L. called? It's certain M. <laughs> yeah. The move L. <laughs> that thing rules. <laughs> you get to rip around. You get to rip around in the move L and like, I don't know. That game is just like, it, it just is very much itself. It, it, has such a voice to it um and and it's just like just one of those things where you're like okay there are some some people making games here who are like doing really interesting stuff that they could have been doing in a different medium and they they're doing it in games and they're making these really interesting um kind of singular things and i don't know one down just it really impressed me it was one of those things where i i feel like within the first you know, however long of playing it, just thinking like, oh, it's, it's going to fuck this up somehow. Like, this is just too, like, it's just <laughs> too cohesive and good. And like, it, it just seems like it's so, it knows what it's doing so well, it's going to undermine this in some way. And if anything, it just like gets more sure of itself in like a formal sense as it goes along. Like, um, I won't talk about it too much, but kind of when you confront like the dark heart of what's happening in this place and the kinds of things it does with like its aesthetic being these hand-drawn bits of people and, and kind of deconstructs that. And I don't know, it's, it's a fascinating game and I think it's, it's very intelligent and it's has a great sense of humor uh, and it has a great mood. To yeah, there's, it. there's like, um, I feel like in a, in a, period which is the for you know it's been that way for a while just of like when everything is some variation of unity or uh, unreal engine like just something that is so aesthetically like like you said sure of itself but also just so competent at um using its aesthetics and it's like the way it renders 3d space to thematically comment on the on on like or to, to comment on the themes, to comment on the narrative, and to like to inform it and like en- enrich it, uh, the way that um, you know everything. It's not just like it's not just like charcoal, charcoal art on three D objects. It's also what is it? What is the like? What is the the um, how does like charcoal art capture images? Like 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 why why is that such a useful way mm-hmm. to like depict this world like in terms of like not necessarily being grounded not necessarily being um uh just like having that that fairy tale and also um an uncanny and 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 surreal like uh and and also ephemeral nature to it like it's just like such a really interesting and very artistic very artistic approach and sort of like a yeah and sort of like is you know a sketchbook aspect to it as well of like like you're saying with like the it being sort of ephemeral and very sort of subjective, you know, and looking at like, you know, it's, it's kind of folk horror. It's also like Swiss history. It's also world war 
to history that is written from a 21st century perspective, like knowing what comes after. And the fact that it's like, looks like you've fallen into this really, um, sometimes like hastily drawn in a sense, sketchbook just gives you the sense like, yeah, this is very, this is one person's view of their family and their country yeah, and it's like, the world they live it's in. It's like, what if the protagonist was like asked to explain his trip and it was just like quickly drawing everything and everybody looks, he's like a terrible artist. <laughs> like, like, oh, the characters look, look so goofy and like, I love the priest guy with his weird rolling eyes. Like, it's just like such a cool, oh, yeah. kind of, like quasi outsider art, like, uh, like approach. Um, that, yeah, that kind of had like, yeah, it, it makes it, it really makes the the game obviously. It it is about its aesthetic and it's about its, its presentation, um, like in a way that is so strong. Like it's not just like like I feel like I mean mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see with inscription. I haven't finished it. Um, like the first few chapters is like definitely a very very cool aesthetic, but it's also like a cool aesthetic. You know, it's just like quote cool aesthetic. Like it's like it's really good looking, and I really like the way they did it. And but like Lindown feels like it's like, and I mean it also reminds me a little bit of Mundown, where it's like kind of the way it 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 uses lighting to like uh the way inscription uses lighting to like hide things yeah yeah in really yeah. interesting ways and like kind of have things be really low resolution, but also then like and then just like very like specifically light like you know the guy's eyes and like the door frame and then like a few things like kind of that horror element where you don't want to show everything. And Mudan is almost like inverting that because like everything is like so visible, but also like too visible and too hazy to like actually get a, like it, 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 it gives you that feeling of, of being lost and being like kind of, um, uh, overwhelmed by how bright and, um, unspecific the world is. Uh, yeah for sure and also like yeah the sort of the lack of reliability that 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 style is able to do like the you know the things of the things kind of move when you don't expect them to and you know it's like great effect too when the character because it's in first person and when the character looks at um you know a framed piece of art or a portrait or something we'll kind of zoom into it and uh, you start to hear sounds like almost like kind of like a memory of these sounds coming in. It, it just, yeah, it, it has the ability to kind of do everything that you kind of feel like it needs to be able to do in that game, which, yeah, I don't know. Inscription also is, has that as well, but it feels less, well, I don't know. Inscription is pretty strong at like serving what it's trying to communicate yeah. to. Yeah, I'm and kind of walking back. I'm, I'm walking back my inscription. The fact that it, I do it, think inscription does a good job with this aesthetic, and it does like serve its purpose. Um, yeah. Also, the way that it like will shift it to do what it wants to do, which also is also what Mundan does. Yeah, I think is. Yeah, and which is like a, a real endorsement of not. You know, I, you know, whatever. I don't have anything against if you want to pursue realism in in uh, in video game art or something. What? I don't have anything idiot. against that. Yeah. I like to see. <laughs> Remember in uh, in The Last of Us when they like smash a dude's yeah. face in with a mm-hmm. 
brick or something mm-hmm. made made like five artists spent 80 <laughs> hours looking at yeah there's papers. like yeah people who will never be <laughs> mentally the same again from doing it and anyway that's that's like um yeah it's like real old school like sacrificing the serfs <laughs> to like build a grand monument to our culture you know like the workers crushed their, their neil Druckmann's pyramid stones <laughs> yeah fucking Druckmandius, <laughs> king of kings <laughs> how many lynchings have you watched the lynchings oh, won't stop until morale improves them. <laughs> Um, oh, but yeah, no, I, I know um, what you're saying. It's like, but it's just like, but but yeah, like yeah. having the smaller scale, you can kind of be more like not, not like nothing is so you know, exciting like, as like something different in games, like something that looks different. Like it's just weird. It's just really it's weird that AAA mm-hmm. just like refu- like I think it's just because it's just like understands that like maybe that's not true for everybody, and there's so much like you know pressure to showcase like you know graphical advancements and all that um and they are can they are impressive when they when they happen and like it's not to discount that either like i mean one of my favorite thing like i really like um the game designer brendan chung when he like plays triple a games and he notices all these things in them that i would never notice because he's like looking at like how they like you know like you know have like frosted glass like diffracting light in like a corner of a level um and and he's just like yeah. so impressed with it because he like understands yeah. how hard that is to do um and that is like great and i think that is like to be lauded when it, when people do like kind of cross these hurdles but just personally like nothing is as ex- nothing excites me as like something that throws uh the un- the 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 accepted aesthetic out the window like i'm still waiting for memories of a broken mm-hmm. dimension to come out it's never gonna happen. Uh, like that demo for that game came out like ten years ago or something. Wait, didn't that? Didn't that? I don't end think up so. I think out? he just had to like stop like working on it or something. Um, but it was like just so, like that kind of stuff, or even like um, Oberdin obviously is like a major uh, like player in that space. Uh, that's just so exciting to me, and it's just like. It's not, it's not exciting. To yeah, it is. See it's like some something that's ray traced to the hundredth degree. So, so. Well, I mean, it's. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, like, I have this thing with film too. I don't watch nearly enough film to be like. Uh, like, the, the stuff that gets nominated for Emmys or Oscars or that people are like going to write about on Vulture. Um, is like such a small slice of the actual cinema that comes out every year, especially in the foreign market, which is like the, you know, 90% of the world. Um, and so there, there is, a, there's so much more breadth than you get exposed to, um, normally, but, uh, what's, so like two, th- two, three years ago when Nick Cage was in that movie, Mandy, um, which is like one of the few mm-hmm. horror-ish movies, occult horror, or whatever that I would I actually like mm-hmm. watched. Um, and there's just like um, there's a very uh, specific like the the film is willing to try and develop its own like language within a language for cinema where um, and it's disorienting in a way that serves the movie's purpose where you're like oh there there's like literally you can 
filter shots and string them together however you want <laughs> and like maybe the result will be good or bad but like there's literally so many ways to do it and in the most common commercial space they're playing in like 0.001 percent mm-hmm. of it um and so and and so which is yeah, similar right. with games where you do get into the like yeah all right so open world shooter um is probably the most or like open world action game is probably the most uh like ubiquitous form out there right now um so like best-selling games or or you know i i I stand i shouldn't say that obviously there are exceptions like fortnite league of legends and all these other games that get huge within like fortnite now there's an art style (laughs) within genres that are otherwise weird but like you know in in terms of like the the gamer zeitgeist it's like the Sony prestige open world uh, third person action game, um, which mm. has, um, you know, like a level of immersion to it in part because of how much people have been trained to like become immersed in that type of game. Um, but it, by the same token becomes like incredibly, so it can be, it can be incredibly effective if there are just hundreds of millions of dollars poured into the art and the scripts and the voice acting and the editing and scenes in such a way where it just becomes this huge thing you have to make in order to make someone feel something because the actual language you have to use is, is so rote and familiar to them um, that then, yeah, you are the last of us doing extremely grotesque things to like, I guess, jerk a response out of this desensitized Mm. player. Um, Whereas like, yeah, you have a game like this or inscription or like, I don't know, paratropic is paratopic. Paratropic. Which are, and and obviously like dozens of others that um, are playing in a similar sort of like first, like 3d ish space. Um, where you can be an entity moving around in it, but in such a way that is like immediately much more arresting because it's not following generic like rules of realism, either in the presentation or in like how you actually move or like the rules of how things appear and disappear that, yeah, I don't know why more games, even the sort of mid side, like, I don't know if it's because, there's no one in games that will just throw money at stuff because they love games. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get the devolver digital being like, <laughs> all right, we made a lot of money this year, but also we just fucking love games. <laughs> so I'm some rich person and you know, sure. Indie game, here's 2 million and just like go do something cool with it. Um, I don't know if it's just a, the fact that, because like there's that, that quote by, um, I don't know, Peter or whatever scars guard, the, uh, um, actor who's been in a ton of stuff, but most like I guess is known for like some of his MCU stuff. But was basically talking about how like part of why the big budget Hollywood model has fallen apart is oh. because Stellan, yes. not what, not Peter Sarsgaard. Stellan, Stellan, Stellan Yeah, there's so many Sarsgaards out there. It's like it's like Frank and yeah, uh, it's a big family. Um, but no, but basically being like there's there the people who the money people who used to be in that industry used to also like just fucking films, which is why they were pouring their money into movies as opposed to like making widgets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think you get the similar thing with games where there's just not the current consolidated landscape um, is not 
being led by people who like like you can have that with some of the big publishers and i think you know there's the hope that you'll see that with xbox like with game pass and owning like arcane can arcane not make the death loop um in 2024 but like actually make like what would a dishonored three look like that was like really off the wheels because they fucking don't need to sell any copies because they're owned (laughs) by a company who's just collecting collecting rent off the azure cloud and subscriptions for game pass Mm -hmm. um yeah 100 percent. it's like i mean not to be too granular but it's like the media landscape as well i mean when you kind of look at the shape that uh, a lot of English language press has taken. Uh, there aren't enough people, you know, a, a lot of times when you get some of the best sites and when you get to, like some of the best art in general is like, sucks to say it, but a lot of it's from generous patrons, right? Like it's, it's a lot of these um, like kind of prestige stuff, feather in the cap mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. rich assholes who, who want to buy I was like, culture, wait, feather in the cap. Right? I've never um, heard that place. <laughs> Gotta check it out. You want? It? Yeah, no. I just started editing there. I think it's gonna last like three months or so. It's a Canadian saying. Um, every other sentence. <laughs> it's true. We're always. We still actually yeah. commonly wear feathers it's on our caps. Of the highest fashion. It helps us. To, <laughs> yeah, that's how Drake crossed over. Is they told him to stop wearing the feather in his cap, and then he fit right in. Um. Yeah. Anyway, Mundown, a strong 7 out of 10. The one thing, too, about that game is um, it's like a, just like a footnote extremely cool thing is that it's uh, the language in it that the characters speak is called Romanche, which is, uh, you know, I think I, I hadn't heard of it before playing this game and wondering what that was because it's not, you know, you'd think it would be French or Italian or German. And I think it's like the next most spoken language in Switzerland. And it's sort of um, uh, like a traditional Swiss language that's kind of, if I'm remembering right, like it's a romance language that is kind of unique to the region where um, Mundown is set, uh, which I cannot remember at this point which part of Switzerland it's in. But like apparently was pretty notable in terms of helping actually preserve this language um, and hiring like uh, some of the speakers left of it. So beyond like all its other merits, it's also extremely cool that this game uh, is like helping document and preserve a language that's kind of uh, falling out of use as far as I know. That's really cool. Anyway, that's just a little, that's just a little like extra, Cherry on top. Yeah, I don't see inscription preserving um, languages, Ethan. Terrible pick. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, in terms of my uh, least favorite game, um, and speak, speaking of made up, or yeah. speaking of made up language, they're all made up. Um, <laughs> so Jet, uh, the Far Shore, mm. which is the latest game <laughs> by... Um, Super... Yes. Is that that the actual studio's name? Uh, I forget the actual developer's personal names. But they made... Well, that's um, um, Craig Adams. I think so. Is that his name? Um, Toronto Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP. Um, 
Was that, that is, their yeah, last that name? I don't their think. name. Super Brothers. They made well. They made Below as yeah. well. Yeah, and that I was. They did. They did. Did they make, work oh, on Below, or false. was that just that's false? This made up. <laughs> who, who made Below? Okay, this was. I know this because uh, Capybara. I know oh, this I because this was one of my first. They, I think that because they did, they, they collaborated for... on Super Brother or Sword and Sorcery. Ah, uh, yeah. confusion. Okay. <laughs> this is my wheelhouse. I wrote a profile of all these people back in like 2011 <laughs> or something. Super Brothers, they're all mm-hmm. Toronto people. Say it one Super more time. Super Brothers is... Oh, Toronto. I thought I was like, are you what? just saying Chrono? I was like, they did, did, they did not make Chrono Trigger. What, what is Brothers Reed talking about? No, it's not, it's not, yes. it's not, it's, it's not, paran, it's not pronounced Toronto. My neighbor Toronto. It's Toronto. Yeah, exactly. It's Toronto. Okay. Toronto. Anyway, whatever. Uh, I'm trying to help you blend in next time you're in Canada. Um, uh, Craig Adams is Super Brothers, I think, or it may be more than just him now at this point. But then Cappy, formerly Capybara, it was a collaboration with them. And then Jim Guthrie, who is a musician from Guelph, Ontario, who got big in Toronto. Um, all three of them worked on it. And then below was Cappy and Jim Guthrie. And then Jet is just super brothers yes is this right so it's like this group of three distinct entities who have i think collaborated with each other but not all three of them at the same time again since sword and sorcery did that work sure. yep I think so. I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. I think you both got really quiet. Like I feel. Well, so, let's hear, I let's mean, hear about it, Jet. That, let's hear about uh, Jet. That is what it is. I I was really. Do you want to hear about members of Broken Social Scene <laughs> yes, while we're at it yes, too? I <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm a huge I'm a huge Broken Social Scene fan. Oh, yeah, um, big uh, big cornerstone in my formative college years. Uh, so no, so Jet. I was really excited for for Jet because um, it's like a space exploration game. You touch down on like alien planets and are exploring them, uh, and has a very good mood and music and atmosphere. Uh, I was like waiting, similar to um, Sword Sorcery, that just just expecting these sort of like layers to start being peeled back. Uh, and the focus to sort of be on that. Um, the big disappointment came in because it's so their their story elements are excellent. The world building is excellent. The beginning, the opening, like after you do some tutorial movements with your jet, which is like a, just a small uh, spacecraft um, that mostly flies over water, but can like you, you can hop and turn on the thrusters, um, and it's basically this mechanism for doing 3d platforming uh has so there's like the cinematic moments where you're in first person mode walking and there's this uh story taking place are just super super amazing very superb uh and there's this backdrop of like this dying world environmental catastrophe 
you and these scientists are going off to explore new worlds and you're following this uh, this frequency. I forget exactly what you call it. That That is like calling out that you're trying to look for like this ancient race um, that may have colonized these plants or whatnot. Uh, and then you're just exploring. And the whole thing is that there's not really like combat per se. There's not this sort of like traditional, especially in Western games, sense of trying to like actually colonize the space or extract resources. Um, you're just like exploring and tagging things and researching what they are and trying to understand what's going on and interact with the, the fauna and landscape in different ways. Um, and the big disappointment is that the 3D traversal and movement just absolutely, I hate it. It sucked. Um, it like it is. It was a game that I, I, I viscerally disliked playing. Um, and like, I was super in love with the world and the vibe. Um, the characters all speak in this made up language, which is extremely evocative and effective, but when also paired with the navigation and platforming is a pain in the ass because you're trying to read subtitles while also like looking for whatever your radar is pinging about. And like, there's something over here and um, you've got to cool down for your thrusters. So you're trying to do hops over obstacles, but if you do too many in a row, then you overheat and your thrusters stall and then you've got to power them back on. Uh, and I just never found any of that junk to meaningfully like it was, it never felt additive to the experience um, or create any sort of tension that, unraveled itself later on in interesting ways um and it just made me think like god if this if this there's it's rare that i feel like you know there's just like two games and if you could just get rid of the one or fix it it would just be so much better but but like because it sucks it's <laughs> like i'm like trying to graft myself onto this piece of art and it's like resisting me at every every turn i i played a little bit of x01 which just came out recently which is very similar hmm. in this sort of kinetic traversal of like I was playing uh, that planetary morning. surfaces um and i almost w- but i think it's it's thinner on like the sort of intrigue and world building and the themes underlying it and i almost feel like if you could probably pair the ease and satisfaction of the movement in exo with jet's sort of storytelling i just i feel like it'd probably be a very strong mix um i don't know i i maybe hmm. I, I just wanted to like it so much more than i did it's a bummer. Um, but i could never bring myself to like just oversee the fact that i hated playing it <laughs> yeah i was curious about that one so it's kind of a. I saw, and there were there were a couple of reviewers who absolutely I still feel loved like I, it and didn't seem to have any problems with it. Um, in general, I mean, it, it did not get, I think, the the praise you would have hoped, and certainly not of like past. And and it felt very much like one of those things of like moving into a three D space mm-hmm. just brought all these challenges. That right, yeah, I mean, for one part of why the game took forever to come out, I think was that they were grappling with some of that. Um, I could be wrong, but they might've been struggling with other obstacles, but it definitely seemed like one of those things where that element ended up detracting and taking them away from sort of the, the more um, 
don't know, the, the, the story that they clearly wanted to tell. And that was, that felt very acute. It also feels like it's, it's like a, I mean, it yeah. looks like a, a game you'd play to have a very like slow burn, relaxing aesthetic. And if you're like struggling with the controls and not be feeling chill while you're playing it, then it's like, I feel like that would super hurt the like delivery of of it whatever what's what it's trying to do it's like like uh Seaver brother or sword and sorcery like works because it's so minimal like it's mostly like a visual yeah. album <laughs> and like it's and that's great i mean I, I wish there were more games that were like really good visual albums um and if you're it, it, yeah if like the actual like interaction layer doesn't work then it's like i don't know then it's like play, trying to play trying to play like a record by like moving it by hand or something while you're balancing on one leg or something. Yeah. The, 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 I think like one thing I could compare, would compare it to is just the feeling of playing Sonic the Hedgehog, mm. but, but you keep hitting uh, spikes that blow all your, your rings away. And you're just like, this is like, I've, and Sonic is one of those platformers where people love it when it's in motion, but like when things aren't going right, it's just extremely not fun to play as opposed to like a Mario where at all times you have extreme control over Mario's momentum and other things. It's kind of like when things start going bad in Sonic, you start to just control quickly unravels. Um, and that's kind of how it felt. And it's not, it's not like there are huge stakes. It's not like there are boss fights or like, you know, you're you're at risk of dying constantly, but just like it, it did. It like felt like trying to drive a car, like a stick shift, when you don't know how to drive stick shift, and you're like, I, I just trying to trying to see the sights, man. <laughs> I don't want to have yeah. to fucking grind gears. And you got a, you got a sweet like minimalist electronic album on the stereo. You're just trying to cruise, and then like you're also grinding your gears, <laughs> like. Destroying your gearbox, trying to get up the hill. That's, yeah, that's a bummer. I'm, I'm still. Well, check it. I mean, I'd, I'd love to get other people's opinions on it. And yeah, I'm, I just think there's some, there's something about that that is really, yeah, definitely tempered expectations. Now, at this point, though, it was weird too. It seemed like it kind of, I don't know, like kind of there wasn't a lot of discussion about it in general. I mean, it came out in the in the midst of a lot of stuff coming out. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, you know, I think it, it's it's the kind of game like if Game Pass was on PlayStation, I think it probably would have gotten a lot more play. Uh, yeah. And also, I think I think because Sony published it, I think ultimately, I think it would have. I think they just wanted to get it out, and they're like, "Let's just put it out there." We yeah. don't we don't have anything else big coming. You know. This besides like Solar Ash coming out this fall, and I think it was more just like, fuck it, let's just put it out there and let it be what it is. Because I think they probably would have gladly spent mm. another year on it. I, mm. Again, could be completely wrong, but just my gut. Well, maybe Super Brothers XO2, <laughs> the Far Shore. You yeah, know? just just mash them together. That's how it works. That's how creativity works. Bank. <laughs> yep. Dollar um, signs. Yeah. Huh. All right. We're we're down. We're down bad. Bring, right it, now. bring us back up. Bring us Yusuf, back up. Pick pick us back up. <laughs> um Yeah, that's right. Well, I won't go too salvage the vibes. I won't go too long in this because like Mundown is also my best of and I 
there are very few games that I would consider like at that level. Like there, there basically is no game at that level. But I guess number two uh, would be Deathloop, um, which is kind of surprising because I was like somewhat critical about it wow. when I was writing about it. But I was thinking about it recently and I was like, I did really, really like getting invaded. That was some good, those were some good moments of gaming in this, this year. Like, because like I was able to figure out like the strategy, which is go invisible and never move (laughs) and then wait for them to show themselves and snipe them. But that was so satisfying and I had so much fun doing it. And it like, was really interesting how it uh, shook up the world where it's like you're playing through the mission and then like it adds these like interesting stakes where like you could uh, get kind of, you know, you're trying to like progress the story, you're trying to check all your boxes and then like somebody comes in and like puts up like in a big like break, big pause on that and um, blows it up in some ways. And yeah, I think that that part like even though like I feel like a lot of people who played it didn't like it, including I know Reed, you didn't you said you weren't like or you didn't engage with it that much after the early early moments of the game, like the uh, multiplayer. With the, um, and with the invasions was, yes, themselves. and I was normally I would be in this. I feel like I would have gone in the, in the same way, but something clicked where I just like felt I started to like see the invasions as like really important to the experience of the game for me like it like it shaped the game in a way that was like made it feel different because I think if it didn't have that it would have like yeah I mean felt like what it mostly is which is basically a capitulation to like you know players who want didn't want to ever be frustrated and dishonored and wanted to like just like have fun um Mm -hmm. with the powers which is understandable because like in the Dishonored games like definitely a big issue is that they give you a ton of powers and then like slap you in the hand for using 90% of them uh and then this was like really like trying to reverse direction of that but it also uh doesn't have the world building or narrative depth of a Dishonored game so it just like um that ends up being a lot more important than I think Arcane realized uh or whoever was like, you know, greenlighting this game at Arcane. Um, but I think that, mm-hmm. yeah, like I can't really think of another game that I was like, I felt really like I felt like so alive experiencing as Deathloop when I was getting invaded, and that is why it is my number two. You're the piece you wrote about, yeah, which had a lot to do with the invasions. Also made me, yeah, it made me think like, I don't know, that maybe because I didn't engage with them enough for it to like be a central part of what I took away from that game, but it does kind of complicate like my biggest problems with it were, which were sort of like, you know, immersive sim problems in general of by trying to account for all these different possibilities, it kind of ironically makes it feel more artificial, like sort of like a, like a diorama instead of a a living space, which I think is the intent, but the, the chaos of the invasions is like that human element all of a sudden coming in. And the fact that it happens when you don't really expect it, I mean, unless you're turning it off or something and, no, but even then, like if you have the AI one doing it as well, it's 
it does like scramble everything. It does feel <laughs> like it does feel like you're you're trying to you know make this really intricate model, and then <laughs> you know your cat starts walking around rubbing. Take your cat the room. You have to you know correct for that as well. <laughs> yeah, you have to somehow get the cat out of the room before it you know bats at the model and knocks it over. Um, but yeah, I, I think your piece does a did a good job of that, and like yeah. also just talking about it in general. I, I'm worried now that I'm no, overstating how much that is. I think it is a central element to it. Where it's like basically the, the thrust of the piece was like, this is a game that makes me feel like old because like I recognize the same instincts in like the design of the game as I have toward games where it's like kind of like a lack, like running out of patience with like all of the cruft and all of the world building and all of the, the self-seriousness and then being like, like, I don't have, I have five minutes. I, let me turn this thing on and like kick a guy off a cliff and like, and dive through a window and, and get that experience and then move on. Like it, it, and then like you're in this, this, like the scenario they build in the, in the, 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 the settings they put you in are just like, literally like making the enemy like young people and like uh young like party or partying like yeah. uh gen zers essentially like and so you kind of crash their party and kill everybody and like it feels a bit vindictive like for no like specific reason so it just like feels a little bit like it's like the perfect game for me but and also in a way that makes me feel kind of bad <laughs> uh to see it as the perfect game for me <laughs> like, I always felt kind of bad about like you know a lot. Of, what are they called? Oh, the, the visionaries. The people who like run the island. The visionaries, like they're all terrible. But also at the same time, like I think the one I had the hardest time with was uh, oh that wiener who drinks like the chocolate beer and he has mm. the the party with the fox mask or the wolf mask rather. And I think for whatever reason that one. Uh, was like the one that I got stuck or not stuck on, but it's like I had to redo those ones, those kind of like cycles of that a lot. And I always felt kind of bad. It's like this party, like they're all having a good time and you're like fucking up in the rafters, (laughs) like the Phantom of the Opera, just like (laughs) planning how to ruin their fun. Like it's, uh, (laughs) it did feel very true. Like, you know, they're dancing to their music. I don't understand. Yeah. It's like and dad, like walking downstairs and being know, like, they're young. It's and a free. school night. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cole is in his, <laughs> uh, is in his underwear and yeah. bathrobe. Bleary eyed saying, come on, come on guys. It's 3am. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, I did not expect that. I like to keep you on your toes. That's that's because Deathloop sucked. <laughs> well, that's no, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't suck. Uh, I think it sucked. I, I appreciate what you were saying. I also didn't. I like mean, that's it. that's like I. I feel in my new my in my my reporter's hat. <laughs> oh, I, don't know, it's don't want to be dismissive of <laughs> contributions. Everyone that came into the game, but no, I I yeah, I don't know. I God. I thought that party sucked. I think the the invasions 
were a really cool idea that I actually enjoy playing in a vacuum and played a bunch of the multiplayer. I'm like probably at some point I'm probably like five hours, maybe less away from like I could platinum the game on PlayStation if I wanted to. Well, stop trying um, to defend yeah. yourself. He's played a lot of the game. Detractors. We get it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Like on the one hand, I played. I, I've, I've not only really played a lot, but like I've enjoyed like yeah. doing these things on a mechanical level. Um, I found in the context of the actual, like of your actual playthrough and the narrative, it felt like they didn't find. Um, uh, not dishonored. Oh, the rat game. Um, game. <laughs> Vermintide does a does it does like a pretty decent job of the way that levels are encounters on levels are procedurally generated, so that you never know where the horde is going to be coming from or what kind of specific enemies they're going to throw at you in a particular section, and so you kind of go through it, and mm-hmm. it doesn't ever necessarily feel rote. Um, even though obviously any anything you do like a hundred times is going to feel rope by the end, but where, with the invasions, like I feel like they never quite nailed. Like I would, you get into a level, and I feel like nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. uh, I would get invaded within the first thirty seconds. Oh, um, and so it was just like, all right, well, I'm going to get invaded, so I'm just going to hang out and wait, and then like kill the invader, and then that'll because I'm not going to like mm. you know fuck around with the level if I might die in mm-hmm. a minute. Um, and the invasion encounters are fun because you are dealing with another player and you both sort of know the tools and know what the other is probably going to try to do. And so there's all this sort of like second and third guessing, um, even though I think like, you know, whoever discovers the other one first has the upper hand. And so like you can do the invisible and wait and try to snipe them. Um, but also because you know where they will spawn mm-hmm. and when they spawn, they have no idea where on the level you might be. Um, because, uh, you know, they, they could be coming in later or whatnot. So it's like when someone, when you do get invaded, it's very much like, okay, I'm going to go rush to the radar thing. And I know that Juliana will be within the vicinity and I'll get on a roof and just try to like catch them by surprise. And so I found like, I didn't mm-hmm. ever feel like there was this real cat and mouse game of like, oh, now you're actually going to chase me through the level and I'm going to have to explore and engage with this elaborate level in ways that I wouldn't have otherwise, because now I'm actually being hunted by an NPC as a po- or or another player as opposed to just being the one hunting. Um, and then yeah, like I just it it like that that party level I feel like is a great example. I can't remember if it was like Nicola, Nicholas Nicholas um, Nicholas or uh, Alexander or something. I feel like it was like a Russian yeah. game, um, but. It felt like the type of scene. Like I remember, especially with the trailers and stuff, it felt like this party was going to be a huge set piece, and like there are going to be all these interesting, like potential cutscenes and reveals, and like basements, and like so, like the Frank's Lounge. I think on I forget what what level mm-hmm. that is. Has yeah, that one was weird. That was so anticlimactic. <laughs> It was it was anticlimactic in a way that I feel like a lot of Dishonored encounters kind of are, where it's just like, and then, oh, the thing's dead, <laughs> and it's like, whatever. Um, but I felt like that, even that his, his uh, like, um, cl- his music club had felt like it had a more interesting set of encounters set up than 
the party did where once you actually get to the party, which is a pretty small building overall, and it's not like there's, there are specific ways you can try to draw out your target on that level, or if you're doing the final mission to, to draw out the multiple targets you need to kill. But there's not, you can't really, like the thing other arcane games let you do is like there's a populace that you can navigate around um, and it feels, I don't know, in a way like you, you, you can show up to the party and like do stuff and like be, um, I don't know. It's like such a clear analog. It feels like to the first Dishonored game mm-hmm. where the party scene or the party level, like mission six or whatever, I forget the name of the, the woman who's throwing it, but there are all these different things that happen and that you can do that will, play out differently or, or lead the target to be in a different place, but just kind of it, it, that's almost like superfluous because it's just interesting what your interaction with these other characters tells you about this world Mm -hmm. and this sort of decaying colonial power. Um, in a way where like, I just, with, with the final level in death loop, it just felt like if it felt like they took a Wolfenstein map and then just, like threw a bunch of stealth stuff onto it and like wacky costumes and things. Um, and then it's you, pretty just hard kind of, to, you just, yeah. you can sneak around, but there's no actual, like it, it is very hard to, um, and the ways you sneak around are for the most part, like going invisible or like kind of all these cheats. I don't know. Yeah. It just felt like the kind of thing where they had this really cool toolbox and they had a very clear, aesthetic even if there wasn't the world building to support it um but they just ran out of time or money to actually see it through so that each of these it like it just everything felt like a sort of like it just landed with a thud and a cliffhanger and it was just like that's i was expecting something behind door number one and door number two and but it was always just like nope and that's yep and the person's dead you did it I think it's actually like what's interesting about arcane games because like they're really clunky in a way that like turns a ton of people off, like but also ends up making them really memorable for me. And I think what the problem with Deathloop was that it is was always trying to act like it wasn't. <laughs> like it's like this is like we figured <laughs> it out. This is slick now. Like yeah, like, like it should be more yeah. of a shooter or something. Yeah, like like your character is like like kind of more of a blowhard i guess um and then there's like the idea that it's just like ps5 like arcane next generation like we it's like the death loop or it's like dishonored but we fixed everything and then it's like and then like with all the npcs you've come across and like and the extreme polish that is like like it's just like an extraordinarily polished like um well like well like good looking game and then like yeah like i do agree that there's just like in, in something like an immersive sim at that level, like there's always <clears throat> there's just always going to be a very good chance that like you kill somebody in a really clunky way that's like not that it's satisfying. Like for example, with the mm-hmm. party, like I I think I just sniped everybody from. Well, I, it was like it was I was basically on a everyone was on alert the entire time. <laughs> like I was in the mansion because I was unable to stay stealthy, and then they just were mm-hmm. running around looking for me and then I just was started just like sniping like every guest like until I killed the right people like I didn't know who it was and that I'm was like sure just that's... how I finished it <laughs> I think that's how I did it too it was just like 
Just mayhem. Yeah. And there's something like, and, and on a purely mechanical level or whatever, like, I'm like, I'm not against that approach. Like, I mean, I, it's fun to like, I mean, it's cool that in Dishonored, like you can try and like be st- non-violent and, and then like put somebody on a desk and they fall off and break their neck and then it like ruins <laughs> your streak and you can't figure out why. Um, but like, yeah, there's something about the way Deathloop it's like set up that last mission to be like, I'm putting all the pieces together. Like I got everybody in the right place now to just let my master plan come to fruition by sniping every single guest in the house <laughs> until I get the right ones. Like that, like that disconnect is a big, yeah. I think what Ethan is talking, like puts a good um, nail on that uh, or a good point in that, like where it's like, th- there's something that's missing that, or like where they, they wanted to like move beyond what had come before, but we're still like kind of stuck with the same limitations as the previous games but because the aesthetic is like what it, what it is. I think there was like people just like didn't really know what to expect. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like it, invasions. <laughs> I, I do think I, yeah, I could see like if it had worked out for me the way it had for Ethan, I think my experience with the invasions was a lot better. Uh, Cause I did get a lot of, a lot of them that kind of like came in at the worst possible moment, which at the time is, annoying and then also becomes like some of the most memorable stuff from that game of of pulling it off or not when that happens um but i don't know i i yeah i didn't like death loop overall a more trollish day i would maybe even be like this is the worst because of this and i don't feel like that there are worse games this year there's a there's a lot of competition for worse games this year um such as drum roll should i do it uh well i think far cry 6 is truly as we talked about it again is truly the worst game of the (laughs) year (laughs) and i'm hesitant because you know it's like still pretty fresh in mind but halo infinite is (laughs) fucking dog shit man what a (laughs) what a waste of time what a waste of money what a waste of everyone's life um the game sucks. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I wrote about it, uh, and that's going to be going up relatively soon. So I don't want to like completely just rephrase what I'm saying there. But like, I think the thing is, it's like the Marvel, it's like the MCU of video games. It's the, it's the cultural dead end. It's the, um, you know, the sightless eye of modern culture. It is <laughs> fucking the bubble gum that ran out of flavor that you have to chew just so there's, you know, saliva producing in your mouth. It is just, it's, it's a waste. It's fucking riding a bicycle into the ocean, except without the fun <laughs> or the hydration, you know, it's like, it's just, it's nothing. It's, it's fucking halo one with better graphics, except not good. You know, it's, and with like, like, like bubonic plague bubons all over it from fucking 20 years of lore. Like it just, it's, it's bad. It's, you know, an outline of a person that's covered in dirt. It's, um, <laughs> I want to see yeah, how, yeah, how many metaphors you can get through. <laughs> well, okay, I'm trying each one to, to find the one that fits perfectly. It's just. 
Yeah, it's like um it's just it's a it's the latest entry to a 20-year-old series that is fucking flipping his cap halfway backward and pretending to be a different person. You know, it's it's so it's what it was before it makes motions towards being something different without but it's like afraid of trying to be different enough to be different so it it like runs back like it got scared like it's a little kid at a party (laughs) with the adults you know like it's um i don't know and and i think it's sort of symptomatic this thing of like franchise culture and and i like that phrase franchise culture franchise culture (laughs) And, and just sort of like you know the idea that like a halo cannot be something different at this point but it also can't be exactly the same. It's got to be a tiny bit different. And, you know, it reminds me of like when they put out like Star Wars, the new Star Wars trilogy and stuff. And it's like, except those movies had more originality. It, just the idea of, hey, it's time for something new. We re- recognize that. But here's all the familiar stuff. So you feel nice and comfortable. But also here's like a slight little tweak. Um like this game is, you know, Halo Five ended with, like Cort- Cortana is now fucking. She's evil now. You know, she's she's it's gone shame. bad. Yeah, she she went bad. She uh, <laughs> true to I think the way the Halo series thinks about women is like she got old, so she started getting weird, <laughs> and she she had to be tossed out. Uh, and then, so this game's like, here's a new younger Cortana <laughs> that, that you can like, and it's, it's like on the level of Alex and Half-Life in terms of just player, I guess it's not masturbation because technically someone else is involved, but there are like these whole sequences where the voice of Cortana is like, you're the best one I ever knew. <laughs> I love you so much. Like when I was with you, everything was possible. <laughs> and it's like it's it's like this weird incel fantasy thing of like your master chief and the computer program you love is telling you how awesome and fucking cool you are. <laughs> and it, then like it is really incel. You're right. I don't know. I I, I could keep expanding on this, but I I, I just think it's 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 super hollow and cynical. And I think it's just made by people who, you know, it's, it's very much, they're called three, four, three studios. They're named after a halo fan thing, which, and you know, industries. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's why I'm not a reporter. That's why I still have to go on Wikipedia to check these things when I write. Um, Real people made these games. Reed Carter. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Parts of it that look really nice. The guns feel good to shoot. Does it? Does it look nice? I kind of. I don't know. Well, it, it depends. Looks like Minecraft in Seattle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was thinking this. I could would be say like much a, meaner things about this game than you have, but Minecraft in Seattle is pretty, <laughs> is pretty good. Um, it does make me think. You know, ah, whatever. It's a, it's too much of a thing. Some at some point, I think in like. In, like, 2012, some people took a trip to Northern Ireland and went to the Antrim coast and saw the Giant's Causeway. You know those rocks that are, like... Yeah. Uh, I went there. I understand. It's very impressive. But, like, every game now puts 
like a tall version of the giant's causeway in the game. Like Halo is just full of these cylindrical rocks that like make mountains in everything. And it's just, anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, it, it just sort of, it just feels like something of, you know, it's, it's time for another Halo. All right, everyone, come on, time to make your Halo. And then someone's like, I have an idea. And it's like, okay. And they're like, no, no, shut up. That's too interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't put that in here. And then someone's like, what if we made Cortana, but, but the name's different. <laughs> and there's also a spoiler thing about that. That's even more ridiculous, but, and they're like, yeah, excellent. That's good. Do that. Um, mm-hmm. And it like tries to humanize Master Chief in like a really clumsy way. Um, in Halo Five, like, I haven't played that one. Is he like he's? They're like trying to find Master Chief, right? Like are they like yeah, chasing him down? He fucking he loves Cortana so much that he's like, I'm going to find her. I can save her. And then the guy from <laughs> uh, that pretty good TV show Evil, mm-hmm. uh, he's like. I'm also super powered. I'm going to get him. <laughs> I forget what that actor's name I, is. I respect that. I respected that part of the storyline because it was like, here's this, this, uh, hoorah Marine who always gets kudos for breaking the rules to save the day. And then you've got this like bureaucratic guy who's just like, fuck that. I'm, I'm bringing you in. <laughs> yeah. Like Halo five after playing infinite. It's, it's, looks it's, like it's kind of like fine art. It's kind of like the, uh, <laughs> Uh, fuck! What's the you can't handle the truth movie? Oh, a few um, good men. yeah, it's like a few yeah. good men of like the Halo universe. It's like I, I want to go play. I don't Master play Chief, get off that wall! It's like no, you need me on that wall. I want to go. I'm going to redownload. Covenant. Redownload. The you said it's, it's not in zero through ten. It's not in the Master Chief collection. Ugh. In in I in in like twenty in another twenty years, I think definitely <laughs> Halo <laughs> Five be. will be. Something it better be. Well, more people will go back to that. There will be more of a reason to go back it, to that than Halo it, Infinite. Isn't it funny yeah. that like I feel like I was I was definitely in that crowd that was like I hope Mass Effect has the re-release with all the DLC, and then it came out and I don't want to play it. I'm just like I don't want. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck anymore. It was too late. They waited too long. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. They definitely did. It's hard to go back to that. Um, Especially yeah. knowing where it all, for me personally, knowing where it all ends. I, yeah. I don't, I don't get Halo Infinite. I do not get all the love for it. I, so I should, I should preface. I do think the multiplayer works really well. Um, and I think yeah, the I, things that like are really good in the multiplayer are then in the campaign. And I'm like, this fucking sucks. I, it's boring. <laughs> this is, why is this like, but it's like, it's refreshing in the multiplayer context, especially like the time to kill stuff and the shields being so powerful and there is this sense of like, you're not dying every five seconds and you can actually like have a gunfight, throw grenades, punch mm-hmm. each other. And like, then you die and it doesn't feel like you're just like getting sniped from behind corners. Um, and so I think, and I think honestly, I think that they were extremely smart to release that early and to like grease the wheels for people to be like, yes, Halo is back. And then play the yeah, campaign and be like, oh, yeah, this is all my favorite. It's my super real, <laughs> all my favorite Halo moments. This is perfect. Um, but playing it, I, as someone who plays a ton of Destiny, um, mm. you're just constantly like, oh, fuck, yeah. No, like, 
Destiny is the future of Halo. <laughs> and yeah. they're like, Destiny they, is so they much can't do any them. of that stuff because they were like, well, fuck it. We're, uh, they, well, well fuck, we've got to, we can't do that because that's, you know, they did it. So we got to do different Halo, but, you know, people didn't like that with four and five. So we just got to keep it Halo. Um, but like, I play it and I don't get the same, like, I'm not a huge Doom fan, but I can sort of appreciate what people found refreshing about Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. But I don't get any of that similar sense from the sort of old school sensibility of Halo Infinite, where I'm just like, I don't, these weapons aren't interesting. The the like interplay between, like all the stuff that I would normally come to it, especially a shooter with open world elements looking for like, playing around with attachments or like how the different guns feel. It's like, all right, now I'm just going to shoot stuff and there's going to be tons of ammo around. I'm just going to keep shooting. And I don't know. It just feels extremely by the numbers. Well, I will. I will and also, I'm sorry, just real quick. Like, it yeah. is two, it's 2000 fucking 21. And this, and the, the character we're all supposed to be uh, falling over for, still looks like he's wearing green hockey pads and a <laughs> snowboarding helmet. Like it was silly in 2021 when Did it you came out. It, Ethan? What? I have not finished Did, it. No. Have you finished it? Oh my God. There's, there's some stuff in it where they're like showing them <laughs> the master chief's humanity, but he's still like, <laughs> he's still him. <laughs> and it's it's extremely funny. It's, well, it's, and like, it's like it's like watching like Toonami. Uh, fuck, what's the Toonami robot's name? Oh yeah, yeah. We're just like it's just like the visor. There's just something so silly about. I mean, that's the and that's to go back to Doom. It's like this is like Doom guy is a parody. Yeah. But in in Halo, yeah. it's like oh yeah, this is the emotional core of the. It's series. like pre- <laughs> it's like prestige Doom guy. Right. They're like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, that's so weird. Yeah, he's uh, the one thing I, I would say though too about like, in terms of also saying, uh, like if you like the way this kind of plays or something, and uh, having like Yusuf and I played through Halo One again on that stream, and in some ways I'm glad we. Well, not really, but I'm <laughs> glad that we didn't hit the goal and play through the rest of the Halos before this one, because playing the first Halo and then playing this like a few months apart, it is just night and day of the way the levels, like even like the library, which goes on forever. And it's just, you know, this like pillory part of Halo is no, it's not better, but like at least it's something like a bit of variety. And in this game, they kind of took the Halo thing of enter this area that's that's fairly big, and you know they they have a great like complementary assortment of enemies, like very like original Doom and even the new Doom style of like these enemies are all going to kind of make you move and and deal with them in different ways, um, and it's just so undesigned. Like they'll, they'll just be like a clump of them sitting in this like open space. And then, you know, you, you talk about like the multiplayer stuff, which is like such a great part of it where it's like the anti call of duty in terms of you're not getting killed in two seconds. You're, you're able to kind of have these more protracted gunfights. 
And in the single player, there's all these enemies that will just fucking one-shot you from, like, a place you couldn't even see where they are. And then it makes me think, like, oh, maybe I have to go collect items to power up my shield better or something. It's just... It sucks mm. on, like, a mechanical level. Mm. It's, or, or not mechanical, like, on a design level. Like, I, I still think um, some parts of it, when it feels like an older Halo... Or actually like where it shines the most. Like I, I think if if they had been more willing to say we're gonna do some really weird stuff with this, or you know, weird in the in mainstream video game sense, but if they were gonna like play around with the design a little bit more, it, it could have been interesting, or they might as well have just, you know, continued making another Halo game of the style that they've been making them before. Um, because at least those it felt like there was more deliberation over like how each combat encounter was designed um yeah i just i think it kind of a bummer of a game i think maybe like people are just kind of pumped to have to play halo again yep. to shoot that assault rifle that is fun to shoot i, I well yeah I, th- I think the game is clearly unfinished I think they had a mission last year, which was to get the game in a releasable state, and that's what they did. Um, I'm sure mm. you could probably talk to some developers, especially people who left, uh, and they would be like shocked a bit at how warm the reception has been. I think not not that it doesn't. I'm not even like I think it's just like it's been so glowing, um, where there are just they just yeah, it's- such fundamental issues of like. And I don't see anyone really mounting the actual defense of why making it so traditional is good versus just familiar. Where, like, again, I'm playing it and I'm like, man, why can't I only hold two guns? Like, this is... And, like, there's just... There's constant opportunities well, to switch off guns. And, like, there's there there are these sort of, like, limitations that existed in the early games that don't actually exist in any sort of real sense now, other than whether or not the developers choose to impose them. But because things are so plentiful, because there are these big open spaces, it doesn't feel like there's actually trade-offs to make. Like maybe if you play on like legendary difficulty or something, um, you're much more cognizant of that stuff, but it just kind of feels like I'm not actually making, I, I don't, care what weapon i pick up it's just like all right well does it have more ammo than the one i have all right sure whatever give it to me i'll i'll it doesn't fucking matter Mm. like i and i I hate (laughs) i hate shooters especially where i have to sort of like i have to start rigging it to be like okay like how can i optimize my play experience by like tuning the difficulty or like approaching the game differently where it's just like oh no this you just you literally just want me to like just blast my way through this um and I don't know. Again, like the en- the enemies. Yeah, I like, think that's. I've fought these guys before, and like, I and maybe it is because I play so much Destiny specifically that it's like, in some ways, I've just been playing thousands of hours of Halo <laughs> over the last few years, because it is. I mean, there's very similar enemy types. I don't, it's just it's very the, the 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 genealogy is just like so so clear, especially with this kind of back to basics approach. That I don't know. I just don't. I don't think it works in the in, in what you're saying in the sort of like, well, we we went very conservative, but we've everything is extremely highly designed and fine tuned 
to make memorable encounters and stuff. It feels like a sort of modern level design sensibility with these old tools grafted onto it. And the modern the modern sensibility yeah, being a, designed for like the the skill progression and like the where do you want to go next and approach the missions how you want to approach them and those things that are sort of counter to that and it does and so it doesn't actually it feels like in in presentation and visually and you know the feel of the guns and all that stuff's all there but the actual uh, like the the um, uh, the things that would the contours that would actually like funnel you through through the space in interesting ways just aren't. Yeah, I I think that's a good way of putting it, especially like these two styles kind of grafted onto each other into a weird Frankenstein. Because um, and people have compared it to Far Cry Six, and some people have yeah, been like, I, ah, I actually think Far Cry Six is a better like if you want to go and shoot <laughs> stuff in a big open space. Like, yeah, I think Far Cry Six is a better shooter, like just on a just wow. on the pure level of I'm going to go to these places wow. and shoot stuff. Uh, I think it, um, yeah, I, I think it, it has, I think there's sort of more like kind of careful thought put into the enemy encounters in, in Far Cry 6 than, than there seemed to be in Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite also feels like you should be playing it uh, two-player yep. co-op uh, with a lot of the, like a lot of, especially as it goes on, a lot of the encounters are, you know, it's like the very obvious thing of, um, of like the traditional co-op, like boss fight type thing of, you know, you should be over here. You know, this isn't an example, but maybe you should be over here pressing this button and I'm over here killing this guy. Or it's like, you should be firing on the boss and I'm over here taking out the like little soldiers who come in. Like it's filled with that kind of shit. And then it also has lots of enemies that can, one hit you from out of nowhere, which feels like it's halfway designed to be like, oh shit, now my friend has to run over here and hold X to revive me. Except there's no friend. And <laughs> you're all then you have to wait. What about the what about the guy what about the guy in the ship who's like yelling at you the whole time? Uh yeah, that the man, guy. that guy. <laughs> and that guy's something. He's he gets a distinction of being the only human being other well, Master Chief's like something. He's like a mutant. Um, but the pilot guy gets to be the only human being who matters. <laughs> like, Master Chief, like, pretty much starts bawling if he, like, skins his knee. <laughs> and then, like, he has, like, a Jeep filled with, like, five other Marines and they all fucking just get flattened and he's <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> he doesn't care That's at amazing, all. actually. I it's so that. good. Um, yeah. I just think, like, the one thing, I can't remember if I left this in the article I wrote or not, but, like, this game really made me think of the, you know, of the in defense of linearity kind of thing of, like what you were saying, Ethan, I felt like so often I was trying to have more fun with this game than, it's like, when you, when you make something of this kind, it feels, and, and I know it's not, you know, it's not lazy or something, but it feels like putting the onus on the player to find what's enjoyable and like call me old fashioned, but like, you know, I, I like a game where it's like you enter some kind of scenario and it, and it seems like the people who made the game have thought through how they want you to interact with it to a certain degree that they're not just saying like, just go nuts and maybe you'll have a good time. I it's don't almost know. like trusting, trusting just, the original formula to carry it. But it's like 
it's not just the it's not just the the formula. It's also like the design of the levels. Like it's like the the yeah the exactly design. Yeah, hundred percent. Like there's just so much more thought I think put into even like original Halo. You play through that. There's a lot of just like corridors that are the same. But I think like the way the enemies are are meted out in it is yeah. You know, it, it, it's like when you're playing like Doom Two or something. Even if you're lost in some wild labyrinth that all looks the same you can tell that someone is is thinking about when the enemy should be popping up and the kind of space that you're going to fight them in each time and blah 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 yeah also like anyway Halo, like fucking what's interesting about it is how much it is about spaces right and like i haven't played like that much yeah. of infinite but it seems like it's you know promising that like the freedom of movement and like usually in pretty large spaces and like when in halo like one it, it's just like it's a paradigm shift when you move from like inside of the base to like the the valleys that are outside of it and then you're like you have it you get a ship oh, they, you get a tank and all that have you played far enough yusuf to like get to the open world stuff in Infinite? not yet they try to they try to redo the Halo one moment of like when you first emerge, you know, come out onto the Halo, and but the, but of course now it's like twenty twenty one, so they have to milk it to make it more of like a cinematic and everything. And it's this game blows. <laughs> the more the more we talk about final it, the more final thing like, is the grappling hook good or not? I was thinking about that. It fucks with the flow of the weapons. It's fun. I grappled so many dudes because you can just like Mortal Kombat Scorpion <laughs> and just grapple someone in the face and then like it electrocutes them and zips you over to them and then you just punch them a bunch of times <laughs> until they fall over, which is like fun, but it also I don't know. It feels kind of slow. Like I don't know. It feels like it feels weirdly slow. Like. I mean, like the first like yeah. hour or so, like I'm just grappling the brutes, and then like you, you kind of, you, you get it pulls you toward them, and then it's just like you're just like, dumb, like do 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 do, just like kind of slowly coasting toward them as they just like wait there for you, and it just feels like a, a little, like it could be a bit a bit snappier as as a mechanic. Yeah, I, I thought the grappling hook was basically like a non-entity. I, I just wonder. It just feels like they were like, like, we are not giving Master Chief a double jump. So yeah, in order to navigate these crazy spaces, here's oh yeah, <laughs> I mean that's like that's I was I died so many times in the first level that just has like all these pitfalls just because. And when you're still like figuring out, yeah, because I'm just it? like yeah, I'm well, just like well, it'll be fine. Give me the grappling hook and the double jump, and then yeah, then we have a great we have a good play, game like, here. Titanfall <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> yeah, Oh, Titanfall. Is there a double jump in Destiny? There's, there's, yeah, there's like there a glide, is, yeah. which is the whole thing. It's like. Yeah. The momentum yeah, shifting. Well, and that's that like I, I, it was weird. It was surprising to me, and I don't know if I ultimately think it's cool or not that the grappling hook is literally just like pick a dot on a surface and hit it, and you will be pulled to that point. Um, it's not. There's no. It, there's no limitations on what you can grapple to. Um, mm-hmm. The counter. The other. The flip side of that being that if you don't if you don't grapple to the right threshold on like a platform, you just won't make it and you'll, you won't, you won't hit, you won't it's hit very the, pull funny up where the animation triggers to like pull you over the, the ledge. 
And it's like, and that's like a thing with like, they could have just made it so that like the grapple hook wouldn't attach unless you like hit it within the green area so that you would make the the jump or whatever. And yeah. And so like, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's like a cool thing that like, they're like, Oh, we'll just Mm -hmm. let you figure it out and like give you the freedom. Or if I'm like (laughs) just tired of dying. Cause I didn't like, but then like, yeah, like dishonored and, and a death loop, like have that thing where it's like the blink will show you if you're going to mantle or not, which, so it's been figured Mm -hmm. out. That has been figured out. Like it is like, like they understand that players will not have fun if they, go to a platform and then hit, hit their head on it and like very slowly fall for like 30 seconds until they're <laughs> which is the interesting thing because like, of the, the momentum the of the grappling hook it's also you have to factor in the trajectory that or like the angle you're shooting it because if you're going if you're too far vertical you won't gain the momentum to hit a certain spot on the platform like it's actually pretty involved like spatial reasoning, I feel like for the the grappling hook, and and at least early in the game, I haven't gotten to a place where it has had like interesting consequences, and it doesn't just feel like a kind of like a very rough like oh like so. we got the grappling hook, but we couldn't fine tune it, so here it is. You know, <laughs> use it at your own risk. It's yeah, I'm sure there's some consideration too with like thinking about how you implement that within combat that you're, you're making some decisions quickly and when you're going to use it, you know, I I think if they had sort of a preview thing of where you're going to end up like a little, you know, animation or something that, that shows you if you're going to mantle or if you're going to, um, you know, fall off a cliff at the end or something like it would maybe be too much or something. I don't know. It's, to me, it didn't really add or subtract too much to anything, um, other than I mean, yeah, I probably it's used a nice it too way to get rid of the shield guys. just because it's like yeah, it, it's like very much like an oh fuck button of just like oh I gotta reload my gun like I, I there were some fights later on that would in co op would probably like hilarious <laughs> because like. Like the shields go down, and I'm just like <laughs> grappling over and over in a circle, like away from an enemy chasing me. <laughs> Probably like absolutely ridiculous when you see it in third person. Um, but I don't know. I will say you get like other abilities, and I think I used one of the other ones like once. You know, I like tried them all and kind of forced myself to use them all, and then eventually just went back to using the grappling hook for everything. Uh, because it's not easy on the controller to switch to other abilities. So that's what I think about that. As soon as they introduced Amy down sights, as soon as first person shooters introduced a reload button, it's all been downhill. Well, is the aiming down sights like a real thing in Halo Infinite? I can't really figure it out. It looks like you're kind of aiming, yeah. but also it's not really aiming down sights. It just zooms in the screen a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of like old Halo, right? Like, except well, for that's the what I feel like there's the there's even less pistol, aiming in maybe. old Halo. I feel like so I feel like there there is a yeah, concession. There is like, yeah, people want to aim down sights, but not that much. I, like again, I'm just and it just feels like an arbitrary <laughs> cutoff of like, yeah. Okay, well, you could just also make all the encounters closer. And like the yeah, and Doom doesn't yeah. have aim down sights. 
and it, and it works fine. It's just like, yeah, it's like kind of, it, it, they probably just didn't have the same level of confidence in, the, in like what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah, it's a design consideration of how you're going to stage these fights, right? Like if you want that, that kind of consideration or not. Reed anyway. McCarter making Halo 6, 7. I'd do it. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, they wouldn't let me have any fun. I could make a fun Halo game. Just as a video game critic, I obviously they know should how let to make you, video games. Yeah, Halo well. 7, you should play and as so, Cortana. And you can't Halo control 7, where you move. You're just on somebody's arm no, just the whole like, time. Just downloaded. I, spoilers, I don't know the ending of Halo Infinite, but she should just download herself into Master Chief, and then Master Chief should just become Cortana. They just completely rename the character. Ooh, gender swap. Uh, Got to beat beat Legend be of Zelda to it. Extremely progressive. <laughs> which which yeah. which console? <laughs> you know, decades old character can do it first. Man, I re- I really want someone to write about the gender politics of Halo Infinite as well because it's For, the worst brilliant. thing that ever happened Man, to the series is uh, that people started taking it seriously and then realized that it actually kind of fucking sucks. Yeah. I think the exact right level of seriousness for Halo was Halo 2. Like, I only played... I played the first one, like, uh, whenever. Not, like, when it came out. But then I got the Master Chief collection and played through all of them. And Halo 2 is the right level of taking itself seriously for Halo. Like, it has this, like, really kind of clumsy, like, Iraq War kind of (laughs) parallels it's trying to do. And then, like... (laughs) you play as an alien and just like the alien is having a tough time as well (laughs) (laughs) the aliens also keith david and it's Uh, like yeah that's the right level of like this is fun there's some stuff here to like not chew on but you know i'm I'm sorry i know this this, this podcast Um, is already going super long but it's funny you you should say that because mm -hmm. uh like what 17 years later destiny still hasn't done that <laughs> like destiny destiny regressed the like what is the moral imagination so much that like it's back to like what if the enemies are not our enemies like what if they're just other beings um like just like the whole being playing as the arbiter thing was like you know at the time a, a very revolutionary thing for like these games to be like mm-hmm. Especially for like, I feel like Halo Bros who were like, "Yeah, the Covenant. Look at these religious fanatics. Take them out." Um, but in Destiny, just this year, for the first time, they were like trying to introduce Shades of Grey. I mean, uh, Gareth, Gareth Martin is Martin is his last name. Yes, wrote wrote that original. I, I think it yes. was. I don't know if it's an essay, or, but it was the or is the actual no? Because I think Clayton wrote the review for Kill Screen, so maybe it's just an essay. But basically, just there was about how like you know there's these all these unlike in Halo, the enemies in Destiny do not speak and they are silent, and there is no way to communicate with them, and you only ever shoot at them, even though there's all this lore about extremely advanced cultures and like in ways of interacting and all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally just this year, they started trying to introduce like, oh, there's there's good factions of the aliens too, and you can actually work together with them to achieve common ends and try to get over your bigotry and xenophobia. 
And then like there, um, my old editor, Stephen Totilla did an interview with some of the writers and was like trying to push them on like, so like, what was that like evolution? Like, you know, you know, it's been like this many years in destiny, like, and you just, and they were like, <clears throat> Oh, well, you know, it just, you know, it, it finally made sense for the story. Um, like, you know, it's just a natural outgrowth of where we wanted to take things with like this going. And they, they started listing like plot points in the recent seasons. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, this is absurd. <laughs> no, like you, you literally like went back to, to square one with the new franchise and you are now just catching up to where you were with Halo 2. Like, this is absurd. Sorry, that's, that's a long that's tangent, a really but to go back to the, no, the parallels between them, it's it's all it's just like weird. And I, I obviously yeah. the um, I haven't finished it, but I feel like the villains have been the one part of Halo that people have pretty unanimously been like, yeah, that that, that kind of it sucks. Just ignore it. Don't who cares? Whatever. Yeah, they feel very like I don't know, like Battleship Earth. Enemies <laughs> yeah. It's like just weird, bloviating aliens. Master like, Chief. <laughs> I will get you. There's, they're very, yeah, they're very Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. I think like one of them even like you know thrashes something <laughs> when he gets bad news about something Master Chief <laughs> has done, like foiled his plan. He's like, ah, um, yeah. This this game also has a, yeah. In case you're worried though that that it's forgotten the the moral lessons of Halo Two, I think it, it does have a you know, kind of we're not so different, you and I, moment. Um, Which is one of the most (laughs) shoot-in, pro-military ways of doing it. Oh, like we're all soldiers who love the thrill of that. Like we all... (laughs) Yeah, it's like Metal Gear if Metal Gear, like, (laughs) fell on its head. Um, Yeah, we already know Master Chief stands with the troops. We've seen that. Yeah, every every year there's a new Memorial Memorial Day or not Veterans Day uh, Twitter banner. Oh my gosh, is there? Yeah, Master Chief. It's really weird because like the UNSC is supposed to be like a fascist like force. Like, (laughs) that's like the classiest thing. Like, but listen, no, they're just soldiers. if it's the parody version of like the Starship Troopers, or if it's like mm-hmm. the oh no, like this is cool version of Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gears of War has the much more uh, the truer moral compass, I think. I think Gears of War knows Gears knows of War what it is, is like, much better than Halo. It's like more like the himbo version, right? Where they're just like they're not that smart. But they feel, but it feels no, bad which I think is part of the point. Way, like they're, they're just like, bro, yeah. But that's what makes it so good. That's what's so good. Like, do you think like these guys are fucking fascist foot soldiers, man? Like they're not mm. cool. They think they're yeah. cool. Like the one guy's a fucking <laughs> football hero. It's so good. Also, Master Chief. The most American thing about Halo now is that Master Chief picks up batteries and then he holds his hand out like a quarterback oh so don't get too close to them it made, made me feel so, as a canadian it made me feel so <laughs> alienated that he had to run around he should have been, he should been like hitting like it with that. a stick right pushing along the ground <laughs> yeah he should pull out like a laser stick and then he the best starts gliding around as he gets to the place <laughs> that's how you get a sports object from point a to point b anyway jesus christ this is two and a half hours long Edit did, we, it down. did we cover everybody's? Everybody's yeah, we did. good and bad? 
Oh yeah. Talked about six six games. Okay, should we six games that we all had thoughts on. So Ethan's favorite inscription. Ethan's least favorite. Jet, jet the far Christ, shore. Christ, why am I blanking now? It was Jet the the game that everybody far shore. <laughs> quickly after R.I.P. <laughs> that escaped my mind. Uh, Yusuf's uh, favorite was Death Loop. Death Death <laughs> Okay, just no more editorializing. Just go through the list, please. <laughs> and. <laughs> And your least favorite was Far Cry six <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> that's a that's a low score yeah, for a, know, a really for rough, a game with that score. budget. My favorite, Mundown. Mund- <laughs> I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, and that's embarrassing <laughs> for something I hold in such high esteem. My least favorite, Halo, getting the <laughs> fucking infinite. <laughs> Take that, Halo. Um that's that. Mm-hmm. That's that. We did a we did a lot of talking yeah, about pretty, these. Pretty final judgment um, games of the year. Nothing else came up this year. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> nothing else. Yeah. We got them all. We got them all in there. Uh Ethan, do you want to tell anyone, do you want to point out like any stories from this year in particular that or or any kind of year end stuff that you want to point people toward? Just no, anything God, in general. No. <laughs> Just let this year end. Uh in general. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I can't remember anything I've written. Um, besides the <laughs> stuff that did really well traffic wise, so people already read it and it doesn't matter. Um No, I I don't I didn't don't remember writing any criticism I was particularly proud of. Um even. Well you can talk about reporting too. You did some you know, you wrote that you wrote the Ubisoft Singapore piece right i did there was the skull and bones piece and then the singapore piece um oh and yeah, the skull and bones ones what do you well, have we were, what do you have originally going Ubisoft? to be yeah right um they uh they were originally going to be one piece and then we decided to split them oh, okay. up um and then they grew longer um which is probably for the best uh because it would have been people would have been even less likely to read through all of it but yeah uh those i was very proud of those those obviously took a lot of time um I started those the prior summer. Um, oh, wow. So intermittently over the course of a year. And uh, st- still not... St- <laughs> conditions have um, in some ways improved at the Singapore studio, but uh, some challenges have not, especially in terms of attrition and pay and um, Skull and Bones continuing to, uh, from what I hear, not, not be in a great place. Um, and mm-hmm. despite being coming out next year uh but yeah uh those are two pieces that i I thought turned out decently well um yeah and you wrote some good stuff also it gets hard at a certain point to remember uh through no fault of anything a single writer or reporter can do but a lot of uh good reporting on activision blizzard as well honestly my favorite pieces are the shit posts that um i can't even remember but they were just like you know, someone said something really dumb. Um, like, I think it might have been this year that the... Uh, was it? it? Maybe... No, because that would have been during the the transition. Um, but every, every once in a while, someone in politics says something really dumb. And there's some game <laughs> angle. And it just always feels so good just to write just some weird, dumb shitpost about 
the real world. Uh, Those yeah. are the blogs I live for. That's why I do this work. That's why I'm here. Because you want to blog. Want to blog. Want to blog. Just, just, just like you do the do the good job internet stuff. Just like you know, just something for people to click on, get a get a chuckle at. You know, be reminded of uh, of the stakes. And uh, yeah, I'm living the dream. <laughs> get get in there with the commenters. Get people riled up. Commenters love it. They love when you make <laughs> jokes. Um, <laughs> the commenter told me that I was advocating the, the killing of dogs. That was, I think, one of my highlights of fucking people. You are and nuts, every man. AAA game out there. Yeah, that's that's where I got it from. It's not my fault. <laughs> because I said that a rich dog should be murdered like uh, the last of the Romanovs, <laughs> like in a cellar by a firing squad. And the person was like, I can't believe you believe that. That's never going to heal America. And I'm like, hey, I'm not fucking American. You guys can go to hell. And B, yes, I'm serious that a dog should be executed <laughs> by it. That. <laughs> A dog yeah, in the winter live, palace. Live for a few know, months like, in, a, in a winter tundra. Think it, think it's gonna come. Yeah, like Anastasia. <laughs> yeah, Anastasia the dog. Anyway, yeah, blogging's good. More blogging, less less of everything else. Um, okay, and Ethan, where can you want to give your Twitter or anything so people can? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, folks can obviously find me at Kotaku. They can find me on Twitter at Ethan Gatch, um, G-A-C-H. It's the last name. They can also find, uh, they can hear my voice on the Kotaku Split Screen podcast whenever it comes back after our hiatus because our producer left. Just as everyone <laughs> eventually leaves Geo Media. No, what are you talking about? But um, it, that's That's been fun. And that's that's another another place people can hear us chat and try to be funny. That's why you might say, so say good this things. Year, huh? Yeah, I, I uh, finally finally upgraded to the Elgato Wave Three. Look like you're, look like you're about to sing us a sultry because, uh, tune. Trying to trying to pivot into the influencer. I'm going to start just uh, just just talking about how the, the graphics in uh, the watermelons and Halo yeah. suck. Not realistic <laughs> explosions. Terrible watermelons. No, uh, Yusuf. What do you want to say? What do you want to highlight from this year before we? Uh, yeah, we should wrap this up um, I mean, pretty soon. Definitely. I'm also sick of sitting. Yeah, check out my honest. stuff on bullet points. Um, check out uh, my Twitter, which is YumiU, um, where I post other work. And yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, it's. I've definitely done a lot of writing. I'm happy with this year, but also. Uh, it's been a weird year, so I don't know if I'm, if I'm actually happy with this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, got got through it. That's how got I feel too. It. Um, and yeah, and I I think it's yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to to I am looking forward to seeing what what games will bring next year and what um, I'll be able to bring to the the landscape of criticism uh, with the help of yeah. The best site for criticism on the internet. Bullet. Bullet points. Unwinnable.com. <laughs> I only I only say unwinnable.com when I'm on the unwinnable podcast. Or the <laughs> yeah. No, just name all the other sites. Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't have much to say 
about this this year in review. It was cool to get to five years of bullet points. That's um you know, it's uh it's a fucking long time to be doing any of this stuff. So that was cool. Um I enjoyed doing that. And superculture stuff continues to be I find that stuff gratifying. Like we did the bad end podcast. Um I'm I've been doing some uh collaboration stuff with uh Gareth Damien Martin who runs heterotopias and we were doing a podcast about berserk which is fun to like do something in this space that's not about video games to talk about other stuff as well and uh working on him with some uh heterotopia stuff as well so that's fun heterotopia stuff is fun and funland's first issue was it was, was that this year it was this yes. year wasn't it yeah, so that was really cool, and to you know be doing stuff with uh, Zach Coetzer again, like more directly with that stuff again is fun. Land, I don't know that stuff's cool. I think it uh, also like I'm not going to name names of anyone else on this call who may be able to relate to uh, feeling the crushing effects of the <laughs> modern media landscape, but it's um. I think if you do want stuff that exists that like kind of gives people a bit more of a future in um, in any kind of media, I think this year has it's becoming clearer and clearer every year and increasingly dire. Um, but this year was really you know, a lot of it was like uh, personal as well, without talking too much about it. But like it's it's a really frightening space to make a living and. I think if you do care about any writers or publications or um, you should find ways to support people, kind of the journalists and editors and critics and so forth who are kind of trying to make their own thing. Because I think a lot of people are doing that because the old ways of doing things is, is not going to be around much longer. And yeah, if you like reading stuff on the internet, like, Otherwise, if you kind of don't support smaller outlets or, or self-started outlets and, and worker-run outlets, I, I think we're going to, you know, everyone's going to be writing promotional posts for, like, the, the Disney blog that is the only website other than Google and Amazon.com to go to on the internet in 10 years. So that's a long, meandering way of saying just support small sites, you know, um, in games, I think. Uh, check out the superculture sites. Obviously, there's uh, well, sites slash you know, zines. There's heterotopias and Funland, and there's the Bad End podcast, and there's what we're doing with Bullet Points, and then you know, check out other other smaller sites as well. You know, unwinnable.com. Obviously, uh, Diego Arguez has done a great job with Into the Spine as well. I think there's Uppercut and Christ, what am I forgetting? I didn't mean to start trying to name some of these sites, but uh, uh, I mean, I'm doing a poor yeah, job. Lost in Cult. There's Lost in Cult, which is I new as well, got, which is a magazine. Which I is got a notification neat. that they're sending out their new issue. Is it? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm definitely. I know 100 percent that I'm going to finish this call and be angry at myself for forgetting things. But anyway, if you care about that stuff, support it. That's the only way to keep it going. And 
yeah, it's the only way that bullet points keeps going. It's not a profitable enterprise. It's it, it only exists because of the money that is put in by readers and listeners and so forth. Anyway, I guess uh, that's my like PBS hour. And now Yusuf, roll the Ken Burns Call of Duty documentary. Beep.